It's so fucking funny, dude. I just, he's doing nothing. I can't. That's like at work when they're like, they're, you know, when you're at like work and you're like, do something. You can't just sit around and do nothing. And you're just like doing random shit. This is, this guy has to leave in probably 10, 15 minutes. And he's just like, I guess I'll leave blow the parking lot for 15 and annoy every fucking thousands of people around. I mean, but how many times do you just like, okay, I'd rather roll silverware than be doing anything. No, I get it, but that's what I'm saying he's doing, but it's also a loud activity. So when you're rolling silverware, you're minding your own business. This man is literally leaf blowing a parking lot where there's thousands of people that live in this vicinity. So I actually don't hear those things anymore. I don't hear those. I don't hear chainsaws. I don't hear like any um, like foliage equipment operating anything because I grew up around it. So like I'm used to super early in the mornings on the weekends or whatever and my dad just like all right time to start working on the house so Same. I sleep through all that now like chainsaws yeah. fucking any of that shit I'll sleep through Sirens. I'm like immune to chainsaws I'm kind of immune to it too this is just pissing me off because we're recording but also yeah. that's not good that I'm immune to it speaking of oh. um speaking of loud sounds disturbing you um so that guy that I was talking to this is the last time I'm talking about him on the podcast where well, this is he's, this is the he's third like, third third and final straw but so he can't sleep at night well right and in the middle of the night soleil the middle of the samba one would say when the world is still and you're like sound that, asleep my mom always calls it like peak sleeping time like that peak three sleeping to, time. that like three to five thirty where you're just like oh the best sleep yes well put soleil a hundred percent so i'm in my best sleep i'm sleeping it up and i get a I get a tap, a tap on me. And also keep in mind, he's been getting up a lot, which he usually does in his sleep. He has the smallest bladder in the universe. Might be a problem there. Um, <laughs> truthfully. Um, then Get checked, buddy. He, go, he, get, he goes to me, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to have to go. <laughs> what time I'm is just this? late. And I go, what? I like roll over because I'm like legit in heart. This is at like maybe 3.45 in the morning. Prime sleeping. Prime sleeping time. And I roll over and I'm like, what? Like being all cute, just being like, what do you mean? What? And what did he mean? And he was like, no, it's just like so loud. Like it's too loud for me here that the car is driving by and the traffic, I can't sleep. And I was just like, wow. So you're gonna go, you're gonna just go. So he left. And, and also right when he left, there was a part in my internal soul that was like, you know what? I want to wake up alone anyway. I don't want to, I don't want you sleeping in my bed ever again. And I, that's the, that's it for me. I, and I, honestly, the fact that it's bitchy, if you couldn't sleep, that's too fucking bad. There's been so many times I've been sleeping at somebody's house and I've just been like, oh, okay, I'm not going to sleep. Here's, here's my question. So when I first moved to LA in, I want to say it was 2018, October of 2018, I was living with my cousin in K-Town and it was so flipping loud that for like the first two wow. weeks I had a hard time because of like the helicopters. Like you don't realize that LA is air patrolled. So like you actually hear helicopters all the time. Oh yeah. Um, and then after two weeks though, I was fucking used to it. So now sirens, I've added those to my like, do not wake up if I hear them. So how long has this dude lived in LA where he can't hear traffic sounds? Not that, maybe like five months mm, okay so like newish he's newish he's he's newish and like he's out. also like he's like a person that like genuinely has a really hard time falling asleep like he has a really really hard time falling asleep like it's not like 
it's not like easy for him just to like lay his head down and go to sleep. Um, which also I used to have a really hard time falling asleep at night, but I actually don't anymore. I think it's also because I have way more on my, my plate that I just pass out at night that I don't fall asleep. Um, well, that's but the yeah. Secret. Like even to falling, you have to exhaust your body during the day. You can't be sedentary all day, and then expect your like body to be like, oh yeah, we need rest. Like you have to use your right. body to then use your body to get to sleep. Exactly. But yeah, no. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling. I'm feeling very single. I'm feeling really good. Like if I'm gonna I'm feeling, be honest. If I'm being fucking honest myself, I'm and- fucking feeling myself. I even took Dayquil this morning and Nyquil last night. So to say that I'm feeling energetic and excited for today's episode must mean that we have something really freaking cool. In Dude, we literally are the coolest girls ever. We reformatted this show to just we be just like, like the coolest rogue. thing. Ah, we're so cool. Ah. <laughs> we're in t-shirts. You can't help it. We're t-shirts. Yeah, like the show. we're just like so cool. We just wear like t-shirts and we drink IPAs. Oh, oh sick, dude. So they, so they could outsmoke you as well. I can't. I but can I'm out drink you, but I will puke the next cold day. Cold sober right now. Stone cold sober. I'm drinking a cup of coffee. Wow, she's really. You're drinking coffee and you're sober. The things I do for this show. Are you trying to impress? Are you trying to impress our guests or something? I am. Like you. Like, I am. Are you like? Oh Jesus! Yes. I'm drinking straight espresso. I rip like four espresso shots before fucking nine o'clock these we days, and I'm like, this. these are both Dude, red this. flags. You drinking espresso, so. me having a cup of coffee. What else is new with me drinking espresso? It's just not a Nespresso. It's an espresso. <laughs> Do you want to tell people why you made the switch? I did make the switch. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because um, first off, shout out to Jill McCara. She's an environmental lawyer. And, hey, hey, hey. you know, she keeps me on track. She keeps me on track. Honestly, she makes me feel like shit, actually. <laughs> it's not even like a- <laughs> she actually just makes me feel like But besides the fact, she I actually made this decision me. myself um i just got a text from my ex again i need to stop talking to you because i think you bring that energy coming in besides the fact um (laughs) besides the fact um yeah no um the nespresso pods they're just plastic and then it's just like heated plastic in a plastic machine Mm -hmm. into my body every day and i was having like two of them and i it's not the coffee which is the red flag for me which is truthfully i'm trying to cut back on that um doing a poor job at it but besides the fact um it's the plastic and also apparently there's they're not really recycling the pods so that's just like a landfill like so i'm just like kind of at the point where i'm like you know what i i really don't want to do that i just want to like buy this and economically let's think long-term profit gain let's profit margin think, yes let's as, long, let's think because long-term. that's what we're known for long we're really let's let's really just let's let's take a gander like that's when you think of Soleil and Grace, you're like those oh girls, God. long-term profit margin. They're just always thinking long-term. And that's me with this, this espresso machine that I got that I was like buying the, the, the espresso beans. Even if I want to ground it, it's I'm saving about 60 bucks a month with this new machine. And also it tastes so much better, but also think it of the ritual. So think better. of the ritual. That's like a whole new step in your routine that makes you feel good. It's something you do for yourself. Right. You no, know, but well. also, but also, you have to say this. I like it because I have to work on patience and slowing myself down because I have crippling ADHD. So it takes like it takes like five minutes for it to drip and make it. And I'm like, let's fucking go! Like I have coffee to IV into myself. But then also, you're like under it, like 
Yeah, literally waiting. I sit there waiting with my foot tapping and I'm like, this is toxic. And then, <laughs> but then if you want to froth the milk, that's another four minutes. It takes which, you four minutes to froth milk. No. Oh yeah. The machine to turn it on, to have it froth correctly. So you're, you're taking, this is about an eight minute process in the morning to make a cup of joe. I feel like it's honestly about time though that you did this. Like, but you, also you me, I, I throw like, it on. I do. I do. I zombily walk into my kitchen though, throw it on and then do other things. And then by the time I'm done doing other things, it's made. That's how I am with my cup of tea. I've gotten like, I'm so, okay. I don't think it's ADD. I think it's just the stoner in me, but I'm so bad. I have to like set up cues for myself to like, does this make sense? Like, okay. So if I go to boil water and then I know I'm going to do something else, like, cause I'm making a cup of tea, I have to set an alarm on my watch. Like, hey, Siri, in five That's minutes, That's remind fair. me. If I'm doing That's laundry, smart, though. I have to leave this one little light on in the laundry room so that I remember to switch my loads because I get so distracted. <laughs> so I, like, I'm lead sorry. myself to things. The word load things. is so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm literally toxic. No, I get what you're saying, though. You're smart, though. Like, I need to be better about, like, setting myself, like, reminders like that. Like, it's actually smart that you're doing that because then you don't forget. Like, yeah, I set my keys I just in the let myself exact forget. same place every day. Like, I have to do things like that. Otherwise, like, oh, God, this little rat brain of mine. You have 80. Well, that's you're very particular of a person, though, too. You're, like, kind of a particular person. I don't sleep in shorts unless my legs are shaved because I hate the feel of... That's hair. a weird thing. Is it? I feel like that's normal. Like, that's that's my I norm. I disagree. Yeah. Um, my roommate I would disagree say, as well. She thinks it's insane. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's, like, super normal, but... Besides the fact, I don't think it's, it's like what helps a re- me sleep at night. Yeah, I yeah, and also like I, I don't worry about what I'm sleeping in because it's just like I'm naked. I feel free at last. I literally, there's nothing I love after a long day. I'm just like peace. But I always shower before I go to bed, so I'm like clean, and then I'm just like out of the towel, dive in. Okay, so gotta that have I can cheat. Yeah, no, I gotta I, be clean. Gotta okay, have clean okay. sheets. How often do you wash your sheets? Uh, once a week. I'm in every week. 100%. Is that, yeah, I'm in every week. But also that joy that it brings me. But also, like, you wash your clothes every week, so just bring your sheets with you. You would think. Sometimes, though, sometimes though, if I'm in a real rush that week, I, I, I can't get to my sheets till the next week. It, it does disturb me for that week. But, like, if I don't have time, if I don't have time to do two loads, that's, that's when I kind of, like, my week is a little bit... But also, when you're sometimes if you're hooking up with people, if that's a vibe for you, if you're talking to somebody, you're gonna wash those more than once a week. That's why. You if you're to- cleanly, actually, if you're cleanly, men, I don't even feel like doing. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't even. I, let's talk about that. I've thought about <laughs> that before, like so many times. Here's the thing, Too though: many. when you date guys or when you hook up with guys that don't necessarily have their own living situations, you never have to worry about their sheets. You just have to worry about their cleanliness in your bed. What do you mean? What do like, you mean they don't have their own living situation? Who are you fucking? <laughs> Somebody just lives in a fucking box. Like what? Are cars. You talking about? No, I just mean like if you don't go over to their house, at least you don't have to worry about it. You know. Like, you know your sheets are clean. We have our very first you down to ride guest coming on today, Grace. I know. I imagine if I didn't know, I'm like, what? 
we have a we have a guest coming on. Well, classic us. We thought it was yesterday. <laughs> well, we we moved it to today though to accommodate better, so we weren't night recording because we night when we night record, it's like it's just a shit show. We're like crashing and burning the whole time. There's no energy. Yeah, it's just like really, it's limp dick energy. Um, and we're not going to have limp dick energy when no, we're, we're recording with our first ever. Oh. Our first ever you down to ride guest. So that means that this person is clearly down to ride. Like, and also this is so fucking exciting because guess what? We get to actually ask somebody if they're down to ride. Not only that, but when you messaged this person for us to interview them, mm-hmm. they were like, wait, what did they say? Are, are you asking if I'm a rider? down to ride no he's like are you asking if i'm down to ride and i was like i fucking love that reference when people shoot it back at me and i'm like they're like well i'm down to ride i'm like fucking great answer literally great answer that's why this is the name of this show we have to come around sometimes to remind ourselves why this show is you named at you down to ride and honestly going back to my apartment yesterday to move like all my last things out and seeing this person that i was living with just being mad toxic i I literally was like wow we'll talk about that later with you Oh, yeah. yeah, I brought my friend with me just be- I brought like I brought reinforcements. Um, I brought reinforcements, dude. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit later. I don't know when we're going to fit that in. Truthfully, that at might all. be next week's um, episode. Yeah, we don't need to really talk about that. But besides the fact, like I was just like, dude, day one, this girl wasn't down to ride and it disturbed me where I was stomping around the streets of Los Angeles. And the amount of people that I filled into my life after starting this podcast and like cutting a lot of toxic people out and holding myself accountable. Like I'm, I can say I'm down to ride now. Yeah. And that's why we have people on this show that are down to ride down to make other people's lives better with what they're doing. And that's why we're bringing on some cool people that, you know, they're more local trailblazers. We don't like, it's, I want something, we want something where you can relate to this person a little bit more to somebody that's like a mega celebrity. So it's like these people you can relate to, you can, you can identify with and you can see how they've made their dreams a reality, which is super cool. Cause that's what we're all about. You know, not only is that what we're all about, but I think that that's initially why we started this because at the beginning, right. back in December of 2020, when you and I started to have all these conversations and we, I guess it was actually before December, it was probably August of 2020 when we really just started to ask ourselves, why are we feeling this way? Why are we behaving the way we are? Why are we unhappy or why are we frustrated? And as we started to have these conversations and then started to have these conversations with friends of friends or so on and so forth and passing these little bits and pieces around and people starting to just be like, yeah, no, I feel the same way. Or you guys, you need to talk about this on a wider platform. Like these are conversations we want to hear. So that's why we're doing this. And that's why we're so excited to have an interview today. So you guys, Grace and I have been reformatting like a motherfucker because we weren't happy with the product we were putting out. And not that we weren't happy, but I think the product wasn't to where we think it could be. Well, I think it it was good for what it was. And I will never take back on those episodes or anything like that because it got us into like we're officially at seven months of this podcast and so that put us in a routine that put us in this mindset and now it's like we got super comfortable in that genre I want to say and now it's like let's get let's get uncomfortable again because there's no reason to stay doing something that we think we could push even further and so we're pushing further by bringing in an interview an interviewee every other episode you guys so 
we're going to go ahead and bring on our first guest right now. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, so- let me send, send me the link. Yeah, let's let's do this. Okay, so I'm bringing on a family friend. His energy is just immaculate, um, and he's just a rad artist. He's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, he has like a really dope backstory. He's a cool ass dude. You guys are gonna learn a lot from him. We're gonna learn more from him. He's definitely. Oh, I'm not gonna say it that he's a writer because he needs to answer that question himself. But I'd love to introduce Scott Taylor. Skirt, skirt. <laughs> Fuck you guys. No We're recording. We did it. <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> okay, I love the energy. Scott they, Taylor, so welcome easy. to You Down to Ride. Uh, we appreciate your patience, your <laughs> virtue, like, your innocence. Absolutely, absolutely. Is it lagging on your end? Say what? Not lagging Is on my end. It's just you. Okay, classic me. Classic. I'm a little bit delayed, a little bit off, but no, that's... it's a little laggy. Yeah, so it's perfect for you. And you guys are blurry, and you're really small on the screen. You're like a little strip. I would agree. I would agree with what Scott has to say. Like well, we're we're better, but it's you say still. It again. I wouldn't I just say wanna perfect. Hear that? Just that you agreed. With me. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Thank you so. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> okay, now it's just Scott. Oh, and well, I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying me. to add better. Scott's freaking name. <laughs> Oh my God. Let's not push it. Let's not okay. push it. I, Scott, we're going to we name were, you we in everything gonna, else. Not, you're like, we, let's not tempt fate. Yeah. Let's, Here we are. We set, we're, gonna, we're setting the bar. We set the bar this fucking low so we can bring it up higher. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's what I like to do in all aspects of my life. Right. It's only go up from here. Because that's what writers do. That's just, we really wanted to, we wanted the road to be a little bit rocky at the beginning so you could be like, wow, do they have their shit together just so we. You could blow your fucking mind. You can over deliver. Okay. This is how we impress people. We over deliver here on this show. You know we just two 25 year olds that are. Is for three talkers and with a lag, there's going to be so much overlap. <laughs> so here's the thing. E-cam, we go like this to each other. Yeah. We like make a lot of eye contact. So that's, that's the thing right here. We make a lot of eye contact, okay. aggressive eye contact. Like, and then we yeah. do, to we do have to. Yeah. We do have to kind of watch for each other, right. and like mm-hmm. uh, that's that's how we kill the weird overlaps and like glitches right. in the audio. Yeah, yeah. So we're so gonna just like, we're gonna try our best, and Slay's gonna have an editing project. So I can just raise you my hand. If I want to say something, and you guys will stop talking. Yeah, like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Not like so like Hitlery. We don't need to make it like all like. <laughs> so that was. <laughs> I am Jewish, so like yeah, if we can have- So, ladies, like, we don't need that anti-Semitism here, Scott. Yeah, we need to, like, chill out. This is, like, a this is a safe space. We this don't need to fucking push show, it. You're okay. a guest. Is that family right, fair show? Enough, fair we talk enough, fair about enough. anal a lot. Fair enough. <laughs> Honestly. So, do you want me to do my, uh, my bump joke again? <laughs> I actually do. I'm gonna- I'm gonna- <laughs> I've been trying to work this bit for a while. Like, whenever you want me to shoot that out, just let me know. <laughs> let me know. I can just pepper it in really casual. I, I love a nice pepper bump joke, in my opinion. But also, we all have something in common. So, like, Oh, what? see, are you drinking coffee right now? Yeah. Are you drinking coffee? Yeah. That's like a really, is that like a Beauty and the Beast? Coffee? All right, yeah, everyone yeah. show your coffee cup. Oh, my God, that's so cute. Yeah, mine's kind of cute, though. There's like a little bird on it with books. And it's like with a bow tie on it, and it's like birds can't wear bow ties. They That's can. so funny. They absolutely. Can. I just spilled they my can. coffee. Everywhere. They can technically. This is twenty twenty one. So it doesn't drink wear coffee. Whatever clothes they want. I know. Birds aren't real. And also, <laughs> what the fuck? 
all, birds are real. <laughs> first and Hold foremost, on. I've never seen a fucking bird before. There's Second coffee all. everywhere. I just spilled. Also, Soleil everywhere. doesn't drink coffee, and she usually smokes about six bong rips before an episode, and she is drinking coffee, and she's sober for you. Wow. So, it's because it's so early. I don't today, know. And she, and she, don't say I didn't do anything for this relationship, Scott. No, I, I feel very She also loved. put deodorant on for you. Oh, my. She was like, I'm going to put deodorant on, and I was like, oh, my God, are you trying to smell good for Scott? Like, what yeah. the fuck? Smell me <laughs> through the screen. I, I smell it from here, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, Soleil, like, a try a little bit harder. <laughs> like, you put deodorant on for this recording? I'm also like, wearing a shirt from Oklahoma. I thought you were like, and I'm wearing a shirt for this recording, wow. so you're fucking blessed. I'm wearing a shirt from Oklahoma, too. I bought it here. I'm wearing my, the one piece of clothing I own from Oklahoma for today. Have, neither of you have probably okay, ever well, been. I'm wearing a shirt that's... Have, have either of you ever been to Oklahoma? No. I've been to Oklahoma. I actually went October of last year. I drove through it. You did? What, on, on your way to somewhere better? Yes, on my way to San Diego. <laughs> right on, yes. right on, right on. I, I feel like, you know, when I, when I first moved here, I was like, ah, this place is going to suck. But it's actually kind of surprised me, you know. I was like, okay, this is like kind of cool. But I'm sure we'll get into that later on. We yeah, so on, on that note, that. I kind of want to, I want to like introduce you a little bit better. So somebody we have on the show today, family friend, but also just like a dope ass artist, like cool ass human being. And for sure, we have a real big question on the table for you, Scott. Ooh, real big ooh, question. We're coming in hot. Yes. I'm ready. Yeah. Hot and we're heavy. We're coming in hot, but the big, hot Five and heavy. That is, the, that is the, how we go about this punk. But we have a question. Are you down to ride? Oh, I'm so Would you down. say that you are? I'm so down letter to ride. Oh, love that. Even better. Yes. You had a great response when I asked you to be on this podcast. And then you were just like, are you asking me if I'm down to ride? And I was like, that's a re- that's an impeccable response, <laughs> one would say. That's because I wanted you to know that I was both saying yes and that I'm familiar with your work. <laughs> I love that. That's what I'm saying. That's why it was a 10 out of 10 response. That's and I was like, 100 percent want him on the show. I but also you just have really dope energy. Like the first time. I met you I was like really positive overwhelmingly positive energy you know career you know like you're creative but like you want to actually harness that side of yourself and like you encompass a creative and like you also like you're there for other creatives to express themselves in a positive way which I don't know it's it's sometimes vibey with with other creatives too where it's like competitive um in, in a sense where it's like why isn't this an open platform for us all to try to succeed because it's hard enough to be a creative and to be an artist and have that pressure on your back well i actually have uh i mean i i, I totally agree with you first of all and i think that it's a lot different where you guys are at i remember when i right. lived in la for a couple of years everybody is so competitive out there and everyone is so afraid to help other people or to introduce people or yeah. make connections because what if this person passes me by? What if they get some opportunity that I didn't get because I introduced them to so-and-so? And right. so it's very, so what that does is it leads to a lot of superficial relationships because everyone's holding their cards yeah. to the vest and no one's really whatever and it's all about money. And, uh, and so that's really big out there. But in Oklahoma, it's a little bit of a different culture. You know, it's a little bit of kind of a, you know, like, hey, how y'all doing? Like, we're trying to help each other. And so there's that kind of element, too, which is a big part of it. But, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 I try to do that when I'm here because I really believe that when the water rises, all the ships rise. If we can create a culture of creativity, right. that, that, that then we can help people to see the value in monetarily, then we all make money. We all make money. 
And that's really what I'm right. Everybody about. eats. So quite honestly, Scott, you and Soleil have something really in common here. It's the fact that you guys both came out to LA. It was way too much. Uh, creating he- unhealthy habits in your life, not making you feel like the best person that you are, that where you feel like you can actually encompass and be your full true self. So Soleil, she moved herself about a over a year ago to San Diego because LA was just not her vibe. She just fucking hated it. Did um, you have a? Did you? And have I just feel like those two. No, I I'm I just like I'm really just staying as fucking mentally locked as I can here. But I'm also like um. I'm also like very, I don't drink a lot and I don't party a lot. So yeah. like when I first moved out here, you're, you're friends with obviously Chris Roberts, a family friend that how we know each other, but we were out here at the same time. So how you guys became friends. Yes. Yeah. So was from living out here. Yes. Hold on. You but guys. Scott, um, what? I just lost sound in my headphones. Hold on one second. Okay. It's like how it is on so late. Peter is more important than ours, but um, that guy's so cool. Are you cool. in Grand it's Theft so- Auto? Jesus, dude, that is actually my new apartment. I actually feel like I'm in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> well, I would leave I just your bed at I'm like off of Wilshire. Do you look off of Wilshire right now? And it's like, and see people running over hookers. Uh, that was my last apartment. There was actually a homeless man that would take a shit in my parking spot. And I miss that energy Daily. in my life, truthfully. Daily. It actually was a weekly occurrence that I would just be like, sometimes be like, is he okay? If he didn't shit in my parking spot for over like a couple weeks, I'd be like, did he die? Man, like, is he that, okay? that could have been the one that got away from you. You know, you could have missed opportunity. I, no, that's what I'm saying. And I honestly was like, reveal yourself. Like, I can only see your shits and I don't get to see your beautiful face. <laughs> and, um, like, I gotta truly. say, I'm drawn to you at this point, but I gotta know a little more. I gotta, know I gotta more. say like, you're eating well, buddy. Like, come on. <laughs> Take me out. Yeah, you're eating well. He was eating fucking well due to being homeless. Like, truthfully, like, homie, Sorry, homie Scott, pulled up. To he was a consistent. <laughs> and honestly, what I liked about him, though, as like somebody that was in my life, was at least he was a guy in my life that was consistent. And, like, that's something that, you know, I strive for with men. And, like, at least he was pretty consistent. Like, always he showed up. He had no issues always with the traffic sound. He had no, no, not at all. It's rare to And find I think he might have been the same guy. Rare to find. Yeah, it's rare to find. It is rare to find, but our dating life—that's that's just like our other weekly segment. So you you don't have to be part of that, Scott. So no worries. Well, remember, but yeah. So back to what I tried, was talking remember? about. <laughs> I know we'll get into that, oh, which I completely we're gonna, forgot about. We're going to talk about all these. <laughs> but besides the fact, what we what I was talking about before the technical difficulties, which is actually a consistent theme with Soleil and I. Besides the fact that we're perfect, we do have like a couple flaws here and there. Besides the fact, though, yes. So you two have something in common of Los Angeles just, like, not being the best vibe for you. Um, And, Scott, you're asking me, uh, did I ever have that moment of, like, where I wanted to get the fuck out of here? I mean, it's, like, a constant everyday thing where I'm, like, what the fuck? I'm sitting in Los Angeles trying to pursue a comedy career? Am I fucking crazy? And, you know, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have somebody like you on here because it's, like, being a full-time creative it, it, it feels like a very heavy weight and it's very anxiety provoking sure. at the same point in time. But Los Angeles creates a very difficult energy behind that. And there's a big party scene and you can get caught up in a lifestyle that's very superficial. At least for me, like I have been very focused on the fact that that isn't my priority is to hang out with celebrities. My priority isn't to go real blow. My priority isn't to go drink all the time. I came here to do something and I want to fulfill doing that. So that party lifestyle that kind of gets everybody caught up, I've seen it so many times that I think I've tried my best to avoid it. 
I also just like was an alcoholic and partied way too much in a period of my life that I think I'm okay. legit over it, I guess, if that you makes know, any sense. I like have that, partied myself out. One of the things too that I that I think about, I think you're absolutely right. And like for me, that's what looking back and so like, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts were on when you were out there, what you're trying to do. But I mean I, I went out there I mean I'm thirty five now. So I, I, I was out there when I was like twenty, twenty one. You know, so it's like I didn't really know who I was. I was still developing my identity and like all that. And so when I say I moved out there to like pursue acting, that's kind of really not true. I, I didn't even really want to, I didn't even know what I want to do. I just kind of wanted to go out there and like have fun and be famous, whatever that means. You know what I mean? And right. so I had no clear goals right. or I had, you know, I didn't really have a defined dream. I just knew that I wanted to make money, get laid and have fun. And I, and you know, I did that, but that doesn't really make you any money. It just, you know, like it's not like a real job. <laughs> It's like funny money. It's like it just comes and goes. You're not yeah. stacking, you know, funds or cash for a project in the future. You're not working towards a goal. And I think that that was what my issue with L.A. was, was that I had been living. So I grew up in Northern California in the Bay Area and I had been living there my entire life, had gone to community college and commuted from my parents' house and then went to SF State, commuted from my parents as well. So when I moved to L.A. at 22, 23 years old, whatever it was, I moved down there with no plan. I was crashing on my cousin's couch. I had had a living situation set up and two days before I was supposed to move down, it had fallen through. So my whole time in L.A. was very like, just on to the next, on to the next, like trying to find that sense of security. And that led me to working six to seven days a week for all sorts of hours, still trying to pursue that partying and like social life, because in my head, partying was social. So you'd get off work right. at 11, 12 o'clock, go meet up with your friends, party till two in the morning, at least, depending on if there's an after hours. Well, I was just gonna say too, and you lie to yourself and you tell that even that is work. You're like, yes, plus so that you're, you're still networking. Networking. like, you have like, to. I'm trying to make connections. So even though I'm like partying, I'm, right. I'm kind of working. So it feels like less of a way. Well put. That is literally the LA girls. I'm going out to network. Yep. It's like, bitch, you're, no, you're not. You're going to take <laughs> you're going like to shots. Suck, you're going to suck a rapper's dick. That's not networking. I mean, it he might be. It is name. networking in LA. That's the thing. It's just That's a matter of thing. if you want to be but the I'm dick not. sucker or you want to get your dick sucked. <laughs> like... Wait, I'm oh, sorry. I mean, truth. Scott raises his hand. I want to get my dick sucked. I, I want to get my dick sucked. <laughs> I'm here for that. So, so uh, it's funny, Soleil. Uh, I don't know if you know this full story, Gracie, but um, we're actually more similar even than I think you realize. Because, do you know the story of like how I moved out of California, Gracie? No, I don't. No, I know I you don't. Think, I don't think I, I told do. You, I, I don't think I, maybe, I don't think I So did. I moved out there when I was 20 years old with a sleeping bag and a pillow and three pairs of clothes and $50. I had no plan. I didn't know a single soul in the entire city. Holy I had no God. cell phone. Same. No I had HF. never been to LA before I moved down with the but exception of But this is way Disneyland. worse, dude. You had a fucking sleeping bag and 50 bucks. I'm but fucking what I'm anxious is, already. My, Jesus my Christ. Was, but he did it. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, I, I wanted, I wanted the fire to be under me to succeed. And I was afraid that if I went out there with a backup plan and it was hard I would quit so I just moved out there I ended up being homeless I slept on the street for one night 
I spent my money to stay. I didn't have to do that. With a cab driver that I randomly met in Inglewood and his family. And I li- this is a whole crazy story. Stop. Like, honestly. Stop. And stop. then check I'm this so out. I'm so anxious. Wait, and then check this out. And then <laughs> I literally moved, I li- literally lived with him for like four months. And then that's when I got a job at Grauman Chinese fuck? Theater. And I got a job at Grauman Chinese Theater as a popcorn dude. And then I literally uh, had to move out of the, the dude's, uh, the, um, uh, cab driver's house and I had to find a new place. I had nowhere to go. Oh, it was my last shift. And then um, these, this guy that worked at the theater was like, hey, I'm having a party. I have an apartment over here on Orange. Like, come over after work. We'll be drinking and smoking. You're welcome to meet people. I went over to that party and that's where I met all my friends, including Chris. And that's how we became friends. And that was- that's where you met fucking Chris. Was your last of night of you living Chris. in a cabbie. <laughs> In a cabbie's house. Chris, Chris was probably rolled off of a couch too from a cab driver. Well, what's Wouldn't funny be is what's funny is he. So no, actually, because his parents were, they're, they're paying for his place out there at that time. He was younger. I don't know if you remember. love that. Sweet. And, love uh, that vibe. And so he Never went had. to this party, and then I ended up moving in with those guys, and then I ended up leaving that those guys, and I moved in with Chris for a few months, and and that's when we had the infamous moment that we always joke about, Chris and I, where his dad was like, found out I was living with Chris, and he was like. So what are you doing here? Like, do you have a job? Like, are you contributing at all? <laughs> and you're like, I don't uh, fucking know. This is too many questions. <laughs> Welcome with to your LA, son, baby. dude. Back off. Rich is a very... <laughs> my full-time job is being Let's, Chris's bro. At that point in my life, I was a young 20. Rich had a very intimidating presence at that point in my life. <laughs> he does, yeah. So. Yeah, he is a bit intimidating. But at the same point in time, Chris Roberts was having none of me in L.A., like right. he is like that type of dude that's like he he's gonna tell you how he feels. He at the beginning when I said I was is coming out here Power to do Ranger? comedy, the, yes, yes, this that's is Chris. our Power Ranger, pa- Power Ranger boy, yes, yes, full on, yeah, full on green Power Ranger boy, um, yeah, he he's um, love this for Chris Roberts, but when I told him I was coming out here, I remember like I I remember pulling him aside. He always has like that big brother energy to me, and like I'm kind of a fuck boy, so like he always feels like he has to watch out for me. Um, and I told him what I wanted to do. And he looks at me like, he looks at me like dead ass serious. And I'll never forget this. He goes, first thing, I don't support you moving to Los Angeles. <laughs> second thing, but I know. And he goes, second thing, I know that you can do it though. He was like, I know that you can do it though. And like, if that's what you want to do that, I know that you can do it. But any single time I'd talk about LA, he would literally just look at me and just shame, shame. Don't be in LA. Why are you going to LA? You could go anywhere else. Are you sure you want to do that? Well, I think what? that What's that's up? the thing is we have glamorized and pinned so much on the concept of L.A. being this is how you're going to make it. When in reality, for that one percent, you included Grace when you become famous for stand up um, with I the know. exception of that one percent. I think what L.A. actually teaches you is like, are you going to survive or are you going to get sucked into the bullshit? Because right before I made that transition to moving in San Diego, kind of Chris or sorry, not Chris Scott, you were asking earlier. um, What were you saying? You were saying something about like kind of like a breaking point or like, was there any time you were like, get me the fuck out of L.A.? And I felt that constantly because 
in LA, it was fight or flight. It was, there's no one here that knows me. The only people that would notice if I were missing would be my work. And that would probably be after like two to three days of not showing up for a shift kind of thing. And so it's like when you're in LA and you're seeing all these people and everyone, especially with this push for social media, everyone is saying how great their life is. They're meeting all these people. You're seeing them at the clubs. You're seeing them do all this stuff. And then you're seeing like, why am I not there? But the flip side of it is, is a couple of years after everyone is there in that party mode, all those people are burnt out and unhappy. Like those, right. that is a generation of people that have a giant chip on their shoulder for why wasn't it me? When in reality, right. LA can be anyone. So it's a matter of, Damn. are you staying true to who you are? Are you bringing in the right things? Are you... Right. Are you going to survive here or are you not? Because if you're going into L.A. and I went into L.A. with no expectations of anything, I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have a house lined up. It was really just like, can you survive outside of your parents? That's more of like what L.A. was for me. Can you do this? And I could. But I was miserable. Right. You guys were both on that well, vibe. And that's what, and I that's think you guys why, both were like, can we survive? Well, and that's why I think that you, Gracie, have a ch- chance to make it because I'm speaking for myself and maybe it sounds like a little bit for you as well, Soleil, but like you were, you're out there for a reason. You're, you're like really doing it. All you do is work out and yeah. do podcasts, you know, and like, <laughs> there you and, go. Nail me to a team. <laughs> got that, and, and, got uh, that podcast, got that comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like comedy, podcast, but you're focused. Out. But you know what I mean? I'm like focused. you have that and that's, and that's what it takes because the reality is, is like LA isn't the villain. It has a lot of temptation, sure, no, it's not. but there's also a tremendous amount. And of, I don't like that. There's a tremendous amount of opportunity out there, and if you're willing to do the work, you can do it. And the other thing too, I'll say Facts. about Facts. if I ever went, if I ever went back out there, like if my kids were grown and like you know I just was like going to move somewhere else or whatever, like I'm open to possibly going back out there. But it'd be in a different perspective because I think my other right. big thing when I lived out in LA is that. Um, I bought into the lie and I was like young, so I was a little more meek, you know. Now I just don't care, but I bought into mm-hmm. the lie that like I had to, and some people argue, would disagree with this, but like that I had to pay my dues, meaning that that I had to kind of like get permission Suffer. by everyone to go to the next level. Like I have to like do this and do that for a while and then maybe someone noticed me and then this and that. And, and now I really believe that right. like you should just create your own opportunities and your own momentum. What's the worst that can happen? You get thrown right. out of a place. Someone says no. Like I, right. once I started, that's the worst that happens. That's what I'm saying. Like, so like if I was ever out there now, it'd be like, like if I was trying to do the art thing, like I would just be going into galleries. I'll be live painting on the street. I would be getting videos filmed of me and then making myself look and sending it out everywhere. Like I would just do it. That's what I'm saying. And I didn't know any. And it's a great place to do that though, dude. You didn't know any better. And when you come here unhinged, like that's the thing. And that's why Chris was so nervous for me to come out here because I honestly, my college experience was rough. My mental health was in the gutter. Like I drank a lot. I partied a lot. And coming out here, LA, I was, I sobered up. I didn't go, I like what stopped I am partying say, all though, the time. too is I think a big influence and granted, I didn't know you before Quinn. Um, but I think right. that Quinn and having a long distance boyfriend that you truly loved and cared about kept right. your priorities out of that. Look at me, look at me because someone was already looking right. at you. So that kind of eliminated right. that um, but, need for fitting in or for 
being attractive to the opposite sex in like in that sense like you really could just be who you were because you already had like that relationship and not that I think that people go to LA looking for a relationship but you always want companionship you want someone otherwise you are going to try to be out there meeting people oh oh, Scott's saying no no you don't want companionship No, so that's the thing. But also like me dating somebody when I first came out here, I'm genuinely blessed that I was in a relationship because yeah, I'd go to all these rappers parties and I go to these celebrities parties and I'm like, I'm not trying to suck anybody's dick. Like I'm literally here. And like, I met such cool people that could respect me as a woman. And like, they're like, well, I, that's you know, met a lot of were people. Sucking they were dick for you. Yeah. Like- they were, su- but that's, that's the beauty. I have a bit written about this where I'm like, I'm so blessed that when I first came out here, I was in a relationship because my, those girls that I was hanging with, they all were going to put out tonight. So they were all going to get laid all the celebs that I was hanging out with they're getting their dick sucked tonight no worries I'm just the girl providing some comedic relief in the corner that's and how you I'm hit it off with Snoop Dogg exactly like I could hit it off with some famous ass people and just be like she'll suck your dick I promise but like I'm funny like hear me out hear me the fuck out I mean like, funny goes I am a long worthy way. Funny to goes be around it does I, yeah. it does go a long way yeah. and I'm like not disgusting so like I could stay <laughs> alright she's in she's in she's I remember when yeah, I, she's I, funny and her friends are putting out. We'll I remember take her. when I used to, so let her the fuck in. When I used to go uh, out, we were going out, you know, going to clubs. You know, it's kind of like a guy girl ratio that you have to have to get into the really the one to five. Club. The one to five. It's people here don't understand. <laughs> when I'm like, explaining this to like my friends here in Oklahoma, they're like, God, that sounds so. Like, not only do you have to have like a one to five ratio, but you also probably had to drop some money on a table or bottle or some show of wealth that you can even get in and to know the promoter like when you're not famous like that world isn't built for you that world is built for the famous people it's built for the famous people and the hot girls like that's literally what it is and and that's kind of my issue with LA as well was I never considered myself like a hot girl kind of thing and so in terms of getting out and putting myself out there I was like I don't fit in I'm not this fashion nova queen that's railing out you know these promo codes or whatever it is yeah like i'm never i don't don't even post on instagram that not i was kind of i was kind of in the same boat that's why i tried to learn street magic because i was because i was shut the fuck up scott you're learning a lot about to get pussy with street magic he's like want to see a trick babe no, no literally literally i had i would go i literally would go to swear <laughs> to god and i i once sold my tv to get the money to buy a bottle to go to a party at a club on hollywood boulevard and then i went in there and i was like you know what i'm gonna meet famous people i'm gonna do some magic tricks and they're gonna think i'm hilarious and they're gonna be my friend and that didn't work out but i would literally go in there and i'd no be like kidding. Hey guys you want to see a trick no I was, listen, what I was, that I was, was my backup for the cast of that 70s show minus ashton in a bar and i literally <laughs> literally i was like hey you guys want to see a trick and they're like sure and i was like i'm gonna tie my shoelaces without touching them. i'm gonna tie them without touching them and i untied them and i let them flop down and i like shook my leg and I had this whole trick and then it ended up where it was like tied when i was done and they literally, they invited me to sit with them for like 30 minutes. And then after the vibe, then after that, they were like, uh, you got to go, dude. We don't even really know who you are. And I was like, all right, cool. See <laughs> that was your one trick? Like, come on, buddy. <laughs> you got to keep them going all night if you want to. I was like, but Donna, <laughs> Donna, I've loved you since I was watching your show. She's like, get the fuck up. Keep the magic tricks going or get the fuck up. Yeah. Honestly. I, mean, I think Fez was the first one. That's how you get the. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Why so, is he still sitting here? Scott, like, 
we realize now, LA, we had very similar interactions with. I uh, personally never performed magic, but I had a couple magic tricks shown to me by people that came into the restaurant. So magic is like a really good, I think that's like the final, like, maybe you should go, bud. But... It's the death now. Hold on. When, you're doing mag- when you're doing magic in LA, it's time to fucking go. But where did you're, we end up from there? away from rock bottom at that point. It was either that or Soleil, Skid Row. I would have lost, lost it. Soleil, I think your hitting point of time to go was when you got scammed, what, for the eighth time in a row? Like, your bank account was just basically handed to other people. When you have your manager that you've known for one month offering to put your rent up because you handed your phone to a group of young men outside of work and they wired themselves a bunch of money and shut your accounts down. Uh, yeah, maybe. Or, you know, it could be when you get oh. robbed by the guy you're hanging out with, and then you get robbed by the other guy you start hanging out with after you figure out the first guy <laughs> robbed you. It could also be when your car gets towed, the cockroaches. LA, LA was a dream for you, dude, honestly. I that never once got to use story. my own car. Like, I was Ubering everywhere because I didn't have parking. Oh, like, man. honestly, oh, LA wasn't good. great, but what got me through it was reading beloved children's books. <laughs> And I thought you were gonna say me, dude. I genuinely thought you were gonna say me. No, like, I'm trying to get this back to school. For, for me, it was about the seven school. grams of cocaine in one night and almost dying. And I was like, I should probably. It's not even a full eight ball. Come on now, buddy. I, I almost went all the way, honestly. Uh, you hang out with the wrong people in LA. And Did we just become best? Show. I've never. I refuse to do cocaine since I've been out here. I've not done cocaine once. Weird brag, not to brag, that's but like a, I'm on flex, my wholesome ass shit. I'm impressed. No, it's actually like not to flex on them, but I haven't done blow once since I've been out here, or like any drugs, like truthfully. Yeah, um, I've actually. I just don't want to get caught up crystal, in Crystal. Um, briefly dabbled in HGH, but that was. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been doing Crystal. That, I've stayed away from cocaine. The, the, the LA track crystal is Crystal, and then Crystal. Yeah. I actually yeah, exactly. Wait, I had a guy. We're never gonna get back to this actual like. Sorry, we're not Grace, gonna get back to the important. I had Sorry. a guy that I was hanging out with come over, and I lost a crystal in my bed, and I had to be like, I don't know where it is. If you find a crystal in here, I'm letting you know right now. It's mine. It's a, from my party. I have a drawer that I like. There's like random things that I will collect over time. I just put them in a pile, and if I ever see that person again, I didn't yeah. go through it. To see if it's their stuff. <laughs> Could you oh, imagine being the girl and he's pulling out like 15 different crystal pens? <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. And you're like, <laughs> so I gotta tell you this funny story. So one time I was hanging out with a girl, as we call it these days, and uh, and she was like, "Hey, I lost my hair tie. It's in the couch." And I was like, "Okay," and I like was looking through the couch and I pulled it out. And I was like, "Here it is," and she's like, "Hair tie." Oh. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I played it off. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I think she was embarrassed. Did you like, ever you have a period of long hair? No, like, I can't say it was mine. No, yeah. your kids? I don't know. That's what I was going to say. I was no, like, you can't say I that it's yours. I just embraced it. I was oh, like, God. hey, um, yeah, I don't know what to say right now. Sorry, I'll keep looking. <laughs> she was How like, many oh. dates in was this? Uh, you can have this one, though. <laughs> two and a half, maybe? Okay, so still in the realm of like maybe you haven't deep cleaned your couch since the last girl. Like that's that's doable. You're not a couple of years in. Well, I try to. I mean, I have a guy come out every week. 
I do have cleaners as well. They make life beautiful. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I know Gracie's probably that. wanting to get to the actual questions. I apologize. We just keep talking. Yeah, I was, act- I was actually going to share a different story, like on that same vibe. But I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, we're going to move you pull past out it so we can actually. Boxers? Like- no, no, it's actually really bad. It's on the, <laughs> okay, I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it. Okay, I'm going to share it. It's really fucking bad though. This, this story is so I'm, fucking I'm here for bad. It. <laughs> oh my god it's so fucking bad okay so we're at a strip club in bangor maine right it's just there's not this is the d team is out the d team strippers are out in adam on the floor was it a monday night it was a tuesday which is the most skippable day of the week i must say okay so i'm at a strip club tuesday night bangor maine d team strippers are out like they are not hot they're not hot it's just kind of a vibe killer so then there's this guy he DM'd me a lot, this guy. So I, I know he was trying to talk to me. I, I knew of him. And we lock eyes from across the room. A um, lot of action happening around us. And then a lot of Don Julio's flowing after we're making out. We're, we're making out. Don right? Julio on a is... Tuesday strip club night? You're not drinking well Even tequila? My... <laughs> like what? No. Malibu. No. On a... <laughs> no. He was, he was buying on his, his dad's credit card. Um, so that was the like the vibe. Eater? No, different guy. Fuck, okay. different guy. <laughs> I'm so here for Different it. dude. We'll Go get into on. that. Keep going. Yeah, we're, don't worry. We're, we're here for that next week. So this guy, he starts telling me how much he loves me and how much <laughs> he is in love with me. And he's he's wanted to talk to me for a long time. And that he hasn't been with a girl in a year. He hasn't been with anybody in a year, but he wants, he is committed to, and I'm like, I'm such a fucking asshole at this period of my life. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, if you want to like hook up, like you're. Grace is like, actually stop talking. You're ruining your chances of getting. And I was like, I was like, literally shut the fuck up, dude. Like literally, like it's not that hard. Like, let's just be real. I'm easy. I promise. Say less, do more. You don't need to be doing that much. I was like, stop fucking brat. Like, put me down already. Damn it. Like, Like, really shame me. Shame me. Yeah. I'm like, stop hyping me up like that. Right. So he's hyping me up. He hasn't been with a girl in a year. He loves me. All this shit. Right. So this is where the story of what related me back to finding the hair tie in the ground. Okay. So I wake up in the morning. I'm like, holy fuck. I got to get the fuck out of here. Like shit. It's like, it's like 630 in the morning. I'm like, get where the fuck's my things. And I throw on a pair of underwear. Right. And then I look down. That's not my, that's not my underwear. This is a lace zebra thong and I'm putting, pulling my pants up. I'm like still drunk and I'm like, and I'm like, oh my God, this is, I'm literally have another bitch's underwear on. I'm like, this isn't my underwear. And I literally, I was, this isn't my underwear. And I'm like panicking and I'm pulling, he walks in my, I'm pulling my jeans up and I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Where I'm sitting in his car, just like trying to position myself so I'm not like having this girl's cooch like in mine, essentially. <laughs> trying to sit. Yeah. You basically had a three way. I, I mean, I mean, from I'm the sitting in a way that is like. <laughs> yeah. If, and honestly, like, we're worried about COVID. Like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> besides the fact. So I'm sitting, I'm trying to position myself in this, this seat so I'm like not. And then he comes in. He asked to come in and snuggle. And I'm like, I didn't know how to say no because, like, I literally have a problem with that. And I, he's like, can I just come in inside and, and snuggle? And I was like, I just. Wait, uh, did you just and say, I can just I come inside to... of you and snuggle? Did I miss you? <laughs> no, no, he said, can I come in? That's a in perfect and segue to snuggling. I feel like. It like, is. I mean, he just, yeah, that's it what is. he wants. He, he was trying to be nice about saying. 
yeah, he was like, can I put it in you again? But I didn't remember this. So this gets better, actually. Um, so then I was like, fuck. I didn't know how to say no. So then my best friend at the time, she would sleep in my bed all the time. And she has an egg sandwich on my pillow. She's covered in drool and there's just egg. Is this like, Mandy Woods? Egg. The OG egg slut? No, but no, honestly, it would make sense though. So there's just an egg sandwich hot sauce all over my bed with my friend in my bed. And I'm like, yo, dude, I have a dude here. Get the fuck up. And she's like, wipes like drool off her face, like moves the egg sandwich. And this guy comes into my room and he's like, is that egg on your pillow? And I'm like, come snuggle, bitch. Like the fucking have you taken off the other girl's <laughs> underwear yet? Like that's no, and I'm panicking. And all I want to do is take this bitch's zebra thong off. And he's just, and then I'm like, I can't expose my cooch to this man. <laughs> it's not like you what was am just I gonna in do? it a couple of hours you know, ago. You know, I, I right. feel like you never have more like existential <laughs> clarity than you do in the early morning coming off of a one night stand. And where you're just, Post just like not waking clarity. up. Yes. What am I doing with my life? Post Who do I want to be? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're yeah. so you know what I mean? No, it's like I, I gotta get you're out of here. Asking I, need yourself. To, I need to brush my teeth. I need to like, you know, get a better job. I need to fix my life. I need to like go. You're absolutely <laughs> fact. I actually <laughs> contemplated my whole existence that day. I literally was like contemplating my whole life. But it actually gets worse because I couldn't remember his name right when before he left. And I knew he went to the private school next to UMaine. So I asked my friend that was my roommate that went to that school. Do you know this kid? I showed her. I was like, I was explaining him. I knew he was on the baseball team. We looked up the roster. I was like, who is this man? It's like, honestly. And she was like, oh, I'm going to do some digging for you. I'll get back to you. She texts me later that day and I need to still find this text. She goes, oh, yeah. I heard he's a fucking asshole and has a micro penis. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> All right. So here's my question. Here's my question. One, was he lying about the last time he had gotten banged? Or That's two. That's the moral of the story right there. He, he didn't. Like, I, or had I he know. just kept he some chick's crusty people. underwear on for his floor for like a year and then you put them on? I think we've. That's the mystery. I guys. think we both know that's the answer the mystery. to that. He's definitely lying. There's no I way. He's, he's oh, I thought like, it was for sure crusty underwear. Weird. You are so wholesome, Soleil. Her mind always goes to like, that's why you get yourself into these weird dating things. For me, I'm like, this bitch is lying. Are you fucking kidding me? That's like, funny. And oh. you're like, oh, it's just a year old underwear. Are you no, you're, you're just, you're just, like, you're just no. a sweet, trusting individual, Soleil. That's just who you are. Yeah, can you give me your bank account information? Because I want to invest it for you. I've got a lot of good plans. Just give it to me. You know, she literally was. <laughs> she literally, she was thinking right there. She was like, "That is so literally nice of you, Scott." I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Let me send you my account routing note right now. Am I logging? Yeah. Well, honestly, back to some wholesome vibes because we really just we really got off topic here. But like, let's shocker. get into let's get into shocker. Me and Soleil never have this problem. But you know What's what? The, you know what? I will say familiar. before we jump in, I'm glad that we had this banter because it showed me one thing, and that's that I need to come out there and visit with you guys in person sometime. We need to hang out because this. Fuck we yeah. need a writer's yeah. tour. You're invited to our yeah. combined Ooh. writer's event in I love uh, Vegas. And yes. <laughs> I love that as well. Hey, Scott, I'm actually, I'm actually going to be out on that side. I'm going to Houston, Texas for a month uh, at the end of this month. And so I'm actually going to go visit her. Well, then let's. Yeah. That would yeah. be fun. I, I, and also, like, I want to take, like, I want to take, like, two weeks off after I'm there just to, like, see what the fuck's around there. Um, I have to, like, get it cleared from work but i'm going out there to open a restaurant in uh houston 
Chili. So it will be interesting. I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Chili's. Yeah, I'm going to open a Chili's up there. Did you say a Chili's? <laughs> she always says where I work is a Chili's. I mean, She'll always be like, yeah, Chili's. Grace is like, I work I for like, corporate. I, big... I can't have my tattoos out. I'm like, ah, oh, fucking Chili's. <laughs> Fucking I do love their every queso. damn I know, time. I do love their skillet queso. I will be a fun They got the fire happy hour, guys. Come through. That's how I pay my bills. Working they, they, and they have strong drinks. Where this is like an advertisement for chilies. They have strong drinks. They don't care because they all hate their job. So they just to pour them thick. And also, and also, I always see. So sometimes I go to chilies with my son, and we just sit there, and and he likes to order virgin drinks of what I'm ordering. Like he's just extra like that. Uh, he's awesome. So Love cute. That. So we're like just drinking our that's big so drink. Cute. And then we watch, and it's always in the middle of the day. There's this old couple that's drunk at like five in the morning. And I mean old, I mean like upper 60s that are just so like cool. Like they're chilies. Like Wednesdays at chilies. There's no one else around. And I tell you what, this is weird, <laughs> but one of my favorite things is just to watch biology. Like, biology just go. I'm like, go, like I just love watching old people like really try to like. Same. It's just so cute. Like I'm just like, I hope you get it. No, like, I, I love it. I love it so much. I just want to meet you. And I'd be like, I heard he's got a big dick. Honestly, you should like, you know what I mean? Really tight talking about. You should. I see <laughs> you putting those day. Long <laughs> Islands away. That's some big dick energy with Helen on a Wednesday. Like that is some BDE I for sure. Long Island Island you're like you? sending queso over. Like I got you guys. This queso is from the guy in the bar, here. and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> They're like three way. Is he trying to hit on us? Like honestly, honestly, I would love to see what a Tulsa, Oklahoma Chili's is like. I, I or will a, say a, though, Walmart. I actually think now that's actually a genius idea for like an intro. If you saw a girl at a restaurant, instead of buying a drink, you like bought a bowl of queso and like sent it over there and be like, "That's fun." That's a flex, right? Isn't that fun? Like that or like an order of French fries, or if like someone Something. sent me wings, I'd be like, "Oh, like right." You can get that, it. Yeah, that is a flex. That is a like, flex. In, let's like, meet honestly, in the you're, bathroom you're once her. these wings are gone. Like, I got you. I, I wow. will say. Oh, my God. I will say one of the most. So I don't get asked out very often as a, as a guy. But, um, Same. You as know. a woman. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay, we're still sharing this. Keep it going. We're so similar. And uh, God, it's like, I'm, it's like I'm talking to myself. I'll, I'll never forget. Again. The, the craziest speaking of like intro ideas, This I was at a bar and I was walking in from the outside and this girl walks past me. She, it was two girls that walked past me and they were really drunk. You could tell they were kind of like stumbling around. So I got out of the way and I opened the door for them and let them go first. And I was going to go in behind. Then she stops and she turns to me. She spins around and looks at me dead in the face just like this. She grabs my shirt like this. And pulls to her face. Oh shit! And she goes, <laughs> she goes, "You're one of the hottest motherfuckers I've ever seen." And I was like, <laughs> and I was weirdly turned on by that. I was like, "Thank you." I was like, <laughs> and then she goes, "Wow." And then she goes, then she goes, "Put my number in your goddamn phone." <laughs> and I was like, she's like nine. At this point now, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> like I'm like, this is so hot. <laughs> We're fucking, we're fucking. And I just was tonight. like, we're I was like, here, put it in, put it in. <laughs> and, and so, and we went out and nothing ever materialized. But I remember thinking like, I don't care what that girl looked like. She was getting a date after that because I like that. <laughs> Being assertive. It goes a long fucking right? way. And courage, girls need to be boldness. More assertive. No, girls need courage and boldness. Like, honestly, like, I actually, I think, 
I had my first. We went out a couple weekends ago, and the bartender was mad cute. Was like vibing to the music. Like I was kind of dancing around the bar. Like that's when that guy was trying to buy me a drink, whole thing, and I was like, no, not with it. Right. So the bartender was being super fucking cool, and he wasn't like my usual type, but he was just so like he just had a good like vibe, and I was like, are you single? And he like looked at me. I love that. And he like looked at me again. And I could like see all the wheels in his brain turning. And he's like, I have a girlfriend. And I was like, I fuck with you even more because he wanted, of that. He was thinking to say, he yeah. was thinking to say that he didn't. He was like, do I tell her that I fucking don't? That's what but I, I don't know. Maybe it's like Grace always says I have this like truth serum kind of like people tell me the truth and like overshare. So we maybe do. like that, that was like yeah I, they do like they can't lie to you for then for me they're just like and i'm just like i just have to navigate people's bullshit all the time because they have a wedding ring on me. and they're like no yeah they're like what the fuck i'm not married well, I'm like, dude i just saw you take your wedding ring off you're from boston area and that's why you're like that. yeah you just grew up around like i am your bullshit indicator is like so keen for i you grew up. i have no time for it too though i have no time for your that's, bullshit like i, I appreciate it but i have no time for it and I love yeah. it. Like, Soleil has me- all the time for your bullshit. I'm she has like, like literally hours upon hours for your bullshit. And I'm just like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. You like, get five me. minutes with me. That's it. Five minutes of bullshit. And then I'm moving. You get, but also I, I. You have to go move your car. Okay. I have to go put money in this meter. Um, you guys need to like just chat for a sec here and I'll be back in five. Um, here's a break. We really got into all the topics that we were trying to talk about. So we're really railing this. But when I get back kiddos let's do it mom's cracking the whip down when she gets back okay she can't get another fucking parking ticket this week we're back on okay hold on let me just like wait for the fucking whole gang to skirt by here are they are they filming a fast and furious outside or what i know how to know tokyo you know family is most important hey we're actually me and my me and my son are actually working our way through the fast and furious series which we've never watched never been interested just because the ninth one came out there's so many of them they're so ridiculous and i was like you know what let's do it and now we're on fast five and they're actually oh my god and actually i realized like we were like watching it ironically until about the fifth one where like Loki and me and Cash were like, wow, I really care about Dom Toretto and his family at this point in the story. Like, <laughs> We're invested. We're part of it. Actually, I mean, we're, we're in. I feel like that's how, that's how people take our podcast. Like we started listening ironically and now like somehow we care about this like yeah, shit show. I know. That's Grace and Salih. Like genuinely. <laughs> that's how like, I weirdly care about you. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Okay. Honestly, so, in this day and age, it's like really hard to have a fucking boss. Like, right? Like, I'm not about it. I don't like being told what to do. Like, it's just not a vibe. And some people can rock and roll with that. And genuinely, it's... Are you not a sub? I don't like... I mean, I do I do have a, a side job of where I'm literally getting told what to do all the time. But besides that fact, that's not what I want long term out of my life. See, it's weird. Like, I can't do it. I kind of enjoy, like, going to the restaurant because I don't actually have to think about anything I care about. <laughs> Like, that's why I li- that's why I like this industry because I don't have to take it super seriously and like I can make a fuckload of money and peace the fuck out, and I respect it for that. And if I don't want to work for a week, I'm like I'm not working this week. So, I can take it off and switch with other people. And that's why I like the luxury of it. Let's talk about industries because there is a reason why we yeah. brought Scott on this podcast. No, it wasn't. We just wanted to literally talk about our dating lives. Like that's about it. <laughs> like thanks for thanks for coming on, Scott, and that's it. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for being here, guys. Thank you so much for your insight. What you've proven to us today is you are, in fact, a writer, and um, Oklahoma is not a barrier. We actually, uh, (laughs) we can get there. So, thanks so much for coming on, you guys. Thanks for listening. Just kidding. All right, let's do this. (laughs) Okay, let's do this. Okay, but seriously. So, Scott, when was that aha moment for you of like I truly want to be an artist for the rest of my life like this is something that I'm so passionate about this is something I want to do for the rest of my life fuck that corporate life this is something that I feel passionate about and I want to make it my full-time my full-time job how did you get here well first of all I don't think we ever got into it but I am an artist full-time for listeners (laughs) that's what I I was just gonna say I don't I know we so So we shot she was like we shot Hold an up. intro before we had you come on where we say you're an we artist, did. but now for like the last 40 minutes or whatever, we'd be like, mm, Scott, he lived in LA. He hung out with a guy named Chris. <laughs> yeah. I did, co- I did cocaine <laughs> with did, Jesse McCartney. We said what you were before. That's he did wrong. cocaine with Jesse McCartney. So, you know, beautiful soul. There's, there's claims to fame here. <laughs> Crazy. I missed that. I missed the cocaine with Jesse it McCartney. It wasn't oh, in no, my That was bio. just dropped. It wasn't in my bio. Extra, it's an extra curricular story. That's actually my Instagram bio. I think okay. With it should Instagram. be honestly. It should be honestly. So yeah. So um, you would get. So I'm a full time uh, contemporary artist, and I've been doing that for like four years now. But the aha moment probably for me was, um, well, I, I got kind of into the the whole art thing, kind of somewhat in a in a weird way. So I started this company. In 2012 that was in the arts but it was essentially like an agency booking service for artists and uh and then i functioned kind of in that role as like a creative director where i was kind of like the idea and then um so i was familiar with the arts but i wasn't doing art myself if that makes sense i was like hey we should do this right here's what i think we should create for the client you were facilitating art you weren't doing it yourself yeah but i mean i was like coming up with ideas but i wasn't literally doing the art you know what i mean i was hiring people to do that so, um, and, and then the company grew and then I was able to employ those artists into like full-time positions and we were getting busy and that was all great. And then, um, about four years ago I had, and, uh, I had a friend of mine who's an interior designer she was like, Hey, I'm doing this thing called Parade of Homes. Um, it's a huge, like essentially house selling, um, event, you know, where you kind of go around these different multi-million dollar houses and interior designers will deck them out and they'll have art up and whatever and everything's for sale. And she goes, I want you to put something in the show. I have a bar room that this guy wants something, he wants a ram and uh, and I think you should try it. And I was like, well, I don't really pay him this. I was like, but maybe we can run it through the pipeline. I can, you know, bring it to my team and we can create something. She goes, no, no, just, just try it yourself. Like, it's no pressure. Like, if it works great, if it doesn't, like, then it doesn't. And I was like, okay. And I kind of like that freedom. It was like not you know, it right. wasn't for a client, that no pressure. Paying, so there was no pressure. And so I was like, all right. right. So I did it and I painted this ram and I, my aha moment was like in that, when I was painting, I was like, wow, this is really fun because it felt so free and I was able to express myself in a way that I hadn't ever really before. And, um, and it was just, and then I just, I liked when, how people, I would show people the art and they would be like, wow. Like, I don't know, when you like, wow, like yeah. that's a good feeling. To, you know, you, you guys know, like, when you create content that comes from your heart and yeah. then people understand it and they appreciate it, like, it's a good feeling. You know what I mean? Facts. It's such a self-rewarding feeling. And, like, but at that at that beginning, that moment of, though, when you're first creating, you don't know 
it's vulnerable because you don't know how it's going to be received. And that's the difficult part of being an artist. That's why so many people avoid this career path because you're like so scared of how things, I didn't put content out and I didn't even think that I could be a comedian because I was like, am I funny? Like, I don't think I'm even funny until I started putting content out, which was super fucking cringy. I'm sure like the first things that you've created, you're not like, oh, these are my best pieces because you get better as you go. You look back at that and you're like, that's beautiful because that's where I started. Yeah. But you, some people don't even let themselves have that vulnerable my beginning in my content and my writing is trash well, they, but not really they, it's gross there's, a, but. there's that gatekeeping perspective people have of like i shouldn't start something until i'm good at it but what is what does good yeah, mean i mean I, I just i just um it's one relative of my, one of my uh honestly it's weird to say but one of my favorite quotes about art is one that i came up with i don't know what that says. <laughs> <laughs> you fit in right on this podcast <laughs> my own horn but a wise woman once told me that wise woman be myself no, that uh, though, i'm but, talented but absolutely and it's and it's and it's addressing that very thing it says um the the quote is essentially uh making art uh is like having sex you don't need any formal training for it to be enjoyable you just kind of jump in and learn as you go and if it feels good you're probably doing it right I love I that. Love that. <laughs> Isn't that great? Okay. I love that. We're gonna Wait. we're gonna need to drop that. We're gonna yeah. need to drop that. Can you say that one more time? I'm gonna write it down so we can we can we can put that on the social. Making art is <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> making art is like having sex. Yeah. You don't need any formal training for it to be enjoyable. You just kind of jump in and learn as you go. And if it feels good, you're probably doing it right. <laughs> honestly that's that's kind of universal for anything that's riding a bike that's having sex that's starting a podcast that's being a creative it's just it's taking that leap and like being okay with like it's gonna be awkward and weird and like it's gonna be vulnerable but fuck it everyone's doing it let's go for it <laughs> I, I love that fucking... it, it honestly that's why i love the quote so much because if you drill down into it it still checks out like every point in that like it's vulnerable it's this yep. and that the sexual experience and then putting yourself out there in your in our creative artistic is it, it feels very similar you know it's interesting yeah. that you're leaving your mark on someone like you're you're okay making okay, an okay. Yeah. <laughs> you went too far you're you most definitely far. leaving your mark on somebody <laughs> it's the art bukkake i liked that so uh, <laughs> you're really marking a mark your territory honestly i really appreciate the quote and it's like fact of the matter um, and I like that piece because I like tying in sex to it because art is extremely vulnerable. Yeah. Like it's literally vulnerable. This and like, I don't like, know. It's like, it's like being naked. It's literally being naked, putting content out. It, it really feels is. that way it really because is. it's like, you're exposing yourself. Because, it's almost because you're essentially, the reason why it's so vulnerable is you can't hide behind circumstances. What I mean that is like, you know how, like when you're in a group and you're just chilling at a party and you're like being really funny and you're just killing in the group. It's like there's no pressure because no one's right. expecting you to Every say anything. Time They're I'm not coming there to watch you. They're not listening right. to something. To, it's just kind of casual. But when you're like putting out a thing, you're essentially right. saying like, I made something that I'm trying to make you laugh and I hope that it works or right. whatever. You know what I mean? Right. And that's that's vulnerable. Right. Because then you don't get to be like, I wasn't trying to make you laugh. You definitely were and you failed. Right. And it's like, I clearly <laughs> was trying here to make you laugh. I'm not just funny anymore like i'm literally trying to be funny and like dudes give me this comment all the time so you think you're funny so you like think you're fucking funny and it's like no nah, dude no nah, dude I, oh my god scott are you fucking kidding me dude all the time. it's every time i go out and I, it's every single time or tell me a fucking joke then 
<laughs> Tell me a fucking joke. As if you haven't heard my that What do you do? I know. But, like, what do you do? You're a plumber? Then go fucking fix the bathroom. Like, I don't know. I'm not asking you to do that shit. Like, I don't know. But at the same point in time, it is that vulnerable experience. And being well, an artist, that's what... <laughs> well, no, I was going to say, too. And, and That's what I like about it. To go, go back, it is very vulnerable. And then just to go back to the aha question of saying, like, that first part was, like, the aha was, like, wow, I really like this. And I haven't felt this way before. So maybe I should consider incorporating more of this into my life. The second part of that was I put a piece in the show and it sold. And I was like, wow, I should paint more. <laughs> and that was the second half of the aha moment. I, where I was like, this. man, like this is. You need it though. Like, yeah. You need that second. You need that dose. Because what I was going to ask you is when was that dose of validation came in? Because your aha moment, unfortunately, as an artist needs to be followed by some sort of validation. Because without it, you don't know that it's possible. And like, truthfully, like you really don't know that you're a good artist or you don't know that you can do something because I hate it when people are like, yeah, of course you put all these things out. But when was that point of validation for you? And that was that $1,500 for you. And it's, that's the mark to the beginning of, oh, this is possible for me. That someone sees worth in what you're doing. Sees you. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, I always tell entrepreneurs like, cause I do some entrepreneurship, like startup consulting and stuff like that. And the one thing I always tell them, and it applies really to any kind of creative endeavor is like, you can have people supporting you, and that's great. And you should have that if you can have that. And you got to believe in yourself, be your own biggest fan. That's also extremely important. But the biggest motivator that will help you to move forward into the next and get overcome all the obstacles that you will undoubtedly have to face is when you get that first dollar. That first time that someone pays you their hard-earned money for a thing that you created, you realize like, wow, this has value. And, and, and there are people out there that will see that value. So then it just becomes finding those people. Who are the people? Where are my people at that, that value the content mm -hmm. that I'm putting out? That's also super, super important, especially when you're starting out. Super right? important. Right. I mean, you're not worldwide famous, so you don't have that large of a swath. So you have to find the people that are smaller but are, like, passionate about what you're doing. And that's the most important. Well said right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's huge. Narr narrowing down your niche. Like, that's super important. Narrowing down your niche and, like, really finding that. But that's hard. You feel all over the place as an artist at first because you could go in so many directions. But it's like, what's that niche? Who do you want to attract? And let's yeah. go. And that, so that was really my aha moment for sure. And that even goes that. into our other episodes where it's like weed out who is adding value to your life and who is subtracting mm -hmm. value, who is adding to your fire and who is kind of like just stealing your heat. Um, and I think that with art and with putting something out, it's awesome to have like the validation of people telling you to go for it. And it's easy to have that object or, you know, that whatever it is that you've created to sit on your shelf and to have accomplished it, but then to even take that next step of putting that piece out there, whether that's an Etsy shop, whether that's your Instagram, whether that's a gallery show, whatever it may be, even showcasing yeah. sometimes, like sometimes it's hard for me to personally share stuff on the podcast yeah. because You're it's like, I'm back. putting, yeah, I'm putting stuff out vulnerable. there that's vulnerable and that's showing the things that I'm scared of and the things 
or the things that bring me joy. And if those aren't necessarily things that bring other people joy or things that other people are really quick to dismiss as not being important to their own lives, those aren't the people we want to be around. We want to be around the people that are coming to our shows or highlighting what we're doing or just the people that are genuinely having conversations with us because even if you can't like financially support, I think that that's also the other thing too. It's like just an appreciation. Like, although that top dollar is incredible and like to, you know, have that be your first piece that you put out and then to receive money for it, that's entirely validating. But also the people then then can't afford that just to know that you're inspiring or showing people beauty in another sense. Yeah. Like, I think that's the thing about art and that's the thing about this podcast. And that's just the thing about everything we're trying to do is we're trying to connect people. That's why we have you on here right now. We're trying to show people that this is someone from Grace's life who we fuck with who is doing really cool shit and like let's let's talk with them not in layman terms at all (laughs) (laughs) well what i was gonna say too what i I was gonna say too to your point soleil is the truth is and i found this to be so true and i would credit this fact about life this truth about life to being a major reason a major part of my success whatever that means is that people there one of my favorite quotes and i I don't remember who said it, and it wasn't me, weirdly enough. You. But. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck again. This one's actually by me. <laughs> me. No, um, uh, uh, is that if you, if you set yourself on fire, people will come from all around to watch you burn. The idea of being like, in, being truly passionate about your thing, and even if people don't fully understand your thing or understand you, if they can look you in the eyes and know that, man, you, you, you mean it. You mean it. It's, it's kind of like a Bo Burnham vibe. Like, he's authentic. so authentic in raw that you just can't not be entranced by what he's doing because he's just pushing the limits of his self exploration in a way that a lot of people never do their entire life. So, so that's, it's your individuality. It's what makes you, you, you are showing people exactly who you are without any pretense. And I think, and like your work is pretty authentic there. Like, I think that like your artwork, like when you look at it, you're not like that's somebody else's, like, you know, it's yours. And And, that's like another reason why I wanted to have you on. It's colorful, it's happy and positive. And that's how I am in real life. Like, this is my real vibe. Like I'm not different I'm whatever. So I think people connect with that passion. And, uh, and have you guys seen, uh, the new, um, the new, uh, the Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, Star is Born? Yes. I haven't. Okay. Terrible at movies. That's a tough it's a tough movie. But you are really bad. bad. But there's one line in, in that I always love. It applies to this, and we can move on to the next question. But um, it's, uh, say it in Bradley Cooper's voice, please. <laughs> I'm gonna do the Rocky Raccoon first. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. Uh, he so says, uh, "If you if you don't reach down deep, then what you're putting out won't have legs." And I never forgot that. It's that idea of like, sure, you can get put stuff out that you know is popular that will get accepted right away. And people will love it, but it won't go deep and it won't go long. And then you'll be a flash in the pan. Or you can dig down deep, figure out who you are, put it out. And maybe it's harder at first, but then your content is going to have legs. It's going to stand the test of time. It's going right. to check out. And I've never forgotten that. That's been so important for me. Does that make sense? I like that. I, I, I like, honestly, I, I, think I, I think I needed to hear that today, truthfully, because like I have a lot of work to do today, like content-wise and writing-wise that like, Sometimes like I feel like I'm in the mix of everybody like I I feel like I am just like everybody else right that's a woman doing comedy or somebody in comedy and I'm like no I don't my material has legs I have things to say like 
I can make move momentum by myself. And I think that that's something that's really key. And you said this earlier is like one thing as like an entrepreneur, because I think artists are entrepreneurs in their own self. Um, it's the fact that you have to believe in yourself first and foremost, like you have to believe that your material is worthy. And you also have to believe that your content can have its legs. Like you're And you have here. to believe that you um, have a place at the table. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. People right. just don't believe that they belong. And they don't have a place at the table, and that's really sad. Which is a perfect segue to my children's book. It's kind of about that, but um, but yeah, but like you know, that's like really common. Is that people feel that imposter syndrome is so big, and with social media, mm -hmm. and so you just have to really believe not that what you have to say is so incredible that everybody should hear it, but that you're a human being, and they're human beings, and they have a right to be at the table, and you have a right to be at the table, and we're all in this together, and we're all valuable because of who we are and that that's enough that you're enough and that's enough and that's okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's no, a hundred percent. Not only can you eat at this table, but you can thrive at this table. And like, that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't carry, but also coming from this point, this is going on to my next point here. Not only is that like that, that self deprecating feeling that you have, but also people let you know that, let you know how hard it's going to be to be an artist, let you know the difficulty of the struggling artist as if you don't know it. And like, truthfully, like every, I've been having, I've had doubt, people doubt me more than believe in me, but also that, that doubt in me truthfully is what fuels me truthfully to you have do what I want to do. So can, and I, I, wonder can I be the flip process. side right here is my sure. hesitation in starting this podcast was that everyone had been telling me to do it for so long that you would disappoint that, them or something that I would disappoint them. And so it wasn't until right. I could fully own the message and could get comfortable. And granted, I've had years of broadcasting training. Like that's literally what I went to school for. Like I know how to do it. I know how to sound good, but I don't know. I didn't know how to be myself in the beginning. Right. And so it was this, it was this transition into being able to not only put your work out, be proud of your work, but then to also own your work and push your own work to see the validity right. in what you're doing, the passion behind your project. And to know that like, if there's anything Grace and I have tried to say is we know we're going to fuck up. Like we know we're going to make so many mistakes, but we're going to do it with the best intentions and with our minds and our hearts in it because it's easy to get tripped up on words, but if we know who we are at the bottom of those words, then we can defend ourselves and we can make comments and we can have conversations with people and bring people in because at the end of the day, we've talked about it before. That's all anyone wants is to be seen. Right. And yeah. we see you, Scott, and we want to talk about what you're doing because you're someone that we think is, you know, you're, you're fighting the good fight. So let's talk about your children's books a little bit. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I would love that. Um, but the one thing I was going to say just to that last comment is, um, yeah, the naysayers, like, also, by the way, like, I'm I'm good on time. I know we're running a little bit over. I don't want you guys to feel like you have to rush a little bit. So we're, we're kind of good. So, um, okay. but uh, I just want to say on the subject of, like, people doubting and whatever, um, I yeah, there is that both sides of it. A, you feel like people say, like, you'll never make it. You can't do it. It's too difficult. Normally that comes from like parental figures and people that are, they want the best for you. They're nervous and scared for you. They don't mean to shut you down, but they do. And then, you know, the other side of it is right. feeling that weight of like, okay, everyone's expecting this to be so good that now they're going to, I'm exposing myself and really try and do it. Maybe people are going to realize I'm really actually not that clever and I'm not that funny and it's going right. to crash and burn and that's awkward, right? 
But I think- Oh my thing- God, that's like my morning ritual right there. <laughs> that's my cup of coffee thought. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm gonna no, absolutely what- fuck up today. Yes, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so what I was gonna say though about that subject is like, the thing you also have to remember is that you have to remember no one really cares that much. Like that's the thing, like, I think we overthink about how much people really, think about how much you care about what everybody else is doing. Like, sure, you're like, yeah, that's cool. I want to support you. But are you spending a large part of your day like what everybody's doing? No, you don't. Nobody's got time for that. So at the end of the day, it's all about right. do you want to have regret or do you not? Like, do you want to, do you want to, do you want you're like 45 years old, 50 years old, 60, whatever, that you know you could have did this thing, you could have tried your best and you know you didn't. To me, that's like the most terrifying thing. Now, I've been told by Zodiac people that that's because I'm a Leo and that's my uh. biggest fear. <laughs> Uh, but like, that's really like my biggest fear is like waking up with regret and having missed my opportunity as a young man when I had resources and strength and power to do what I wanted to do. So I don't want to leave any stone unturned. And that's really what I have to think about it. It's not for them. It's not for your parents. It's not for your friends. It's for you and to yourself so that you know that even if you crash and burn, Grace, like even if you don't make it in LA, you know that you gave it a hundred percent. You were serious. hundred percent. You know what I mean? You whatever. And that's how I feel about what I'm doing. And that's how you guys got to feel about what you're doing. And I think at the end of the day, that's what you have 100%. to focus on. Is that, yeah. So you guys get it. I always think about that, you know? No, that, that was well, very well put because it's like at the end of the day, I really do like that, that it's like we get overthought that, oh, like I'm doing, we, essentially though, your art is for other people's consumption though. That's the first thing because that is one thing that's difficult about it because you are doing things for other people's consumption. So it comes down to the point where it's just like, oh, you kind of get wrapped up in that part. But at the end of the day, I do it because I fucking love it. I feel alive when I can make somebody feel something, especially when like I have a piece that I'm like trying to make you think a little bit, but I made you think I made you see my perspective of something and I made you laugh. Like that's like cherry on top for me. And I feel, I feel fulfilled. That fulfills me. Like, and thinking about doing anything else makes me depressed. And, and honestly, I have enough depression in my life. Like, very depressed human being truthfully that like this is something that fulfills me and if i don't do it i i won't feel alive like i genuinely won't feel like myself and i think that's where it comes down to that's how i feel yeah that's exactly that's how it is when you know that it's your right passion you know what i mean that's your you know when you're having sex with the right person that's right when it's just working that's when you know that actually though because like let's bring it back around to that though like when you you actually know though like when you're having sex with the right person that you're like i'm comfortable i can feel vulnerable i'm happy i feel like this person's making me better it's this is what i'm i'm meant to be with this person i have never really oh, fully no had that not moment, meant to be just like, maybe just meant, to, meant maybe like maybe just meant to be fucking like maybe not like meant to be <laughs> We are meant to be fucking for it. We are for sure minutes. on the same fucking wavelength right now. Like, Man, you're like, you're like, wow, our kinks are really, just really gelling right now. Yeah, like that's that's the cherry on top. But also, I really liked that you said this quote that you were dance painting, yes. and like I liked that because because that's that's when you're like, oh, I'm literally vibing with my work. Like I feel like I'm not only just doing what I'm meant to do, but I'm thriving while I do it. And like, that is like what everyone's goal is of what they want out of their life, truthfully, and what they want out of their career path, yeah. especially as a creative. You just want to be fulfilled and you want to keep pushing. Like you want to see what you're capable of. And I think it almost like once you have that initial success or once we had those episodes, once we hit five episodes kind of thing, it was like, okay, 
we've got it down. Now let's just keep making it better. Let's just right. keep right. honing our craft. We're like, still on that. that yeah. Like we're still trying to make it better by bringing people on now. And we're like, why haven't we done this? You know what I mean? Like this is so we're constantly easy. evolving and constantly being, yeah. trying to be our best selves. And like, that's the beauty of life. And I was saying this to my friend the other day, I was like, I think the, if I could sprinkle a little key into anything that has, she's like, why are you so comfortable with yourself? And I was like, okay, for first of all, the reason that I feel like I'm comfortable with myself is because I've accepted that I don't know what the fuck's going to happen in the future. Right. And I love that. Like, right. And I fucking with that. love that. I think life is so fucking dope. I'm ready for the fuck ups. I'm ready for the blessings. But like, I think that that's why I'm comfortable. I think people are uncomfortable because they can't accept what the next step is. They're trying to, they're trying to malulate all these people, like people and places into yeah. their life to make it all fit. And it's like, you can't do that. You gotta well, let it, you just have gotta let it. So I'm comfortable with the in the most like non-cheesy way knowing. possible you're literally down to ride that's the whole premise of this show is life yeah. is a crazy right. ride and you're on the but ride if yeah. you're willing to take yeah. it it's so fulfilling so hop you just in gotta leave like it out of all you just gotta leave it all out on the field you know what i mean like i don't know if you guys played sports in right. high school i imagine you did grace probably you seem like a sports person didn't i you? was definitely an athlete big job yeah. girl. ran track in college <laughs> big, yeah. big job athlete played basketball girl. yeah yeah played soccer that's what i'm saying sport and, captain you're fucking and, and i'm sure it really was <laughs> i'm sure that that those mentalities that held you made you successful in that have played into how you're approaching this la thing oh, of like this is my is. focus here's my goal here's what i'm doing here's my training regimen here's how i'm gonna prepare you know what i mean i played video games so i had to i didn't learn until much later <laughs> same thing <laughs> leroy jenkins <laughs> No, that's like, you need structure though. And that's one other thing that I wanted to get into though. Like you need structure though. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to be a creative, because like, if you don't have structure, you can't succeed. Um, you can't keep yourself afloat. And like, that is why when I came out here, I was like, I know I need this fucking structure. I need to structure my life and structure how I'm going to go about things. What's so up, I want to ask Scott, <laughs> um, and this is me raising my hand. I want to ask how <laughs> well, were I was you getting somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> No, I wanted to ask how he was able to add structure into his life with that switch between right. being the entrepreneur director of your brand and your company and your your um your business and how you were able to then give yourself time because you are a father, you do already have all this stuff going. So how were you able to implement kind of your own self-care and creativeness into then becoming an artist yourself? Great question, by the way, first of all. Um, I think for me, it, it wasn't that difficult only because um, I, I basically, okay, so what, a part of the struggle, the biggest struggle that I hear about from artists a lot is um, there's there's a, people feel like if they don't like my work, then they take that almost personally, like I'm not good, my work's not good. Um, they're, you know, how, how do you, how, like they don't think about it like a business. So for me, mm -hmm. I, I they think about it just like, like really personal interactions, and there's personality in my work, but when it comes to like scheduling my days out, I just flipped a switch in my head where I stopped thinking about it like this, where it was like Scott Taylor is trying to make art and hoping people like it, and more of like I'm Scott Taylor and I'm managing the brand of Scott Taylor. So I decided like right. what what is my brand. What is my art? What is my message? 
And so then I just kind of, I stopped taking anything personally. When stuff wouldn't work out, it was just like, okay, on to the next thing. As if I was a paid brand manager for someone and I was like trying to find opportunities for that person, but it wasn't personal. It was like work. And so I just started structuring my days like that where I would get up in the morning and I would think, and it's so funny. I literally had a conversation with another entrepreneur who has a videography business here in Tulsa that DM me and he was like, Hey, can I pick your brain? Like, I see what you're doing, like blah, blah. And so I, I, we talked for like 15, 20 minutes and I was saying the same thing to him. I said, I said, you have to think about it like a business and, and it's not that complicated. And I don't mean that as a flex. I mean like it's mostly boils down to common sense if you string it out and think about it. So it's like the logic of it, right? Okay, what do I need? Money. Okay, so where do I get money that I don't already have? I have to find people that have money because if I already had it, I already, I already have it. So I got to find people that have money. Where are they at? Where do they hang out? Okay, over here. Right. Okay, what do people with money like? To buy cool stuff and experiences with their money. That's everybody that ever has has right. ever had money ever. Okay, yeah. so how can I take my skill set and how can I fashion it into a cool experience that someone with money would find attractive? And then let me do that thing. Let me go to the place where they're at and let me do that thing. It just makes sense. It's like very common sense if you think about it. So that's how I built my, my brand is I say, okay, here I can paint. Okay, I need to find people that have money and love paintings. Where are they at? Let's find out. I started researching. I would go to nice restaurants. I would set up in front of places where there was like open air markets and stuff. I would, I would ever, and then I would like, oh, what do people with money value? Well, they value higher class experiences. So I was like, how can I make myself higher class? I hired a videographer. They would film everything. They would cut together these little highlight reels, these testimonial videos. I would ask for endorsements from everybody that was a happy client. And I started elevating the experience right. of everything that it meant to be, to come into contact with my brand. And then I gradually began to grow and that's really like, and that's somewhat formulaic, which is good news. Like if you stick with it and you keep working the process, like it will start to work. And that's really how But you I, had that structure though. You, huh? you were consistent with the structure and you were, you were consistent with the structure and you Absolutely. did go about it in a tactic way. So it's not like just like have faith and hope that your work pays off. Like you were strategic you had to be and you were smart. Well, that, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you said that. Consistent. Sorry. I was going to say, and that's the other half of it too. So I thought about it that way. It is. And then I guess for me too... It, as I'm thinking about it now, like part of it is just my personality, which I'm very blessed just to be an outgoing person by nature. Um, and I just like people and people connect with me and I connect with them. And so I, I, I realized that if someone were to look at the daily output of what I do, which is just kind of always being on, I'm always having cards. I'm always like, hey, you need a mural? Like I'm jokingly, like I'm always like just hustling. But for me, it's like second nature, right. so it doesn't feel like a huge workload that I'm just grinding through. I just can't not – it's like an overflow, like you know what I mean? And that's really like what you have to do, and if you, if you keep doing that, like you will start to see growth. I think about it like this, right? Here's an analogy that I use sometimes with my students is I say, okay, think about it like a garden. Say you know nothing about gardening. You know nothing. You don't know how to plant. You don't know how to make it let, live, whatever. But you just try and you keep trying, man, maybe stuff's going to die. Maybe stuff's going to grow kind of like crappily and it doesn't look good. But if you keep doing it, you will learn little things along the way. You will gradually improve and your garden will get better. It's impossible for it not. It's impossible for it not. And yeah. so if you just don't give up and you keep doing the same things over and over, you're going to streamline your process and it's going to yield better results. And it may take a little bit longer. It may be whatever, it's at least a sure thing. And in a world of uncertainty, that feels good. 
I don't know why I went back I to that sex quote, but I was like, yeah, you keep practicing having sex and like you're golden. But I guess right. you don't want to use yeah. that with the students you teach. Like, all right, guys, go out there. <laughs> no, but I, but I hear treat what you're saying, sex though. like a garden. Well, you learn. I have, I have and, and that's that would apply. But yes. Oh, so you can tell them to go. <laughs> but but honestly, though, it is that right. It is that off. like you, you do. And, you, and it's not like you're necessarily setting out to get better. You're just setting out to not stop. You're like, I'm gonna keep it's experience. That's, that's, that's the point of your quote. That's the point of your quote, though, that I like. I like, like what you're saying, though, because the point of it is like you're not setting out to go get better at it. Like, yes, you are. You want to get better, of course. But at the same point in time, if you just keep working at it and you just keep building that brand and you keep building that garden, that's a side it's effect. Going to, it's Success going to get better. The side I, effect is, the, yeah, if you're consistent, I though. truly feel as if a side effect to consistency is success. I truly feel that. And that can be a personal success and right. just a sense of we're doing this and we're still doing this. It can right. be a financial success of you've executed this and now we're, you know, reciprocating you for your time. Or right. it can be like a long term success in the sense that it's setting you up for future things. And that's what the consistency is. And I right. think that that's yeah. what's so important. And I also wanted to give you brought up your website earlier. I think I wanted mm -hmm. to like give you props or no, you brought up. Um, what were you saying? Improving and elevating, uh, yeah, elevating and like your website is beautifully done. Like that yeah, is a professional dope. website where you're like, your oh, this guy, professional though too. Yeah, like you like know what you you're doing. That's what well, I, like. That's why I like. I like your brand. Like I like how you've gone about branding yourself, and like I, I think that you've gone about it in a meticulous way. That that's important to share with other people because it's like, you're, if your content just looks like trash, because like nobody's gonna like it. And like honestly, you are blessed though, because this is one thing. Like you are a people person, right? So you're good with people. And do you think that your brand would be what it is without being a people person? Because I don't think that I, my brand in myself would be it's without itself if I wasn't good with people well, it would be a like I can relate to people quickly and like well that's part I, of my brand that's part of your brand though I, I I don't know that it would be different it would have a different vibe I, I I think though that it is still like you just have to learn and grow like there are you know the personalities give a certain like almost like it's like starting like in, in a video game where you have a player that's like okay this this guy has you know 10 points of this and 10 points of this. This guy has, you know, five points of like wisdom. And if I, I'm speaking of like role playing games, so if I'm not familiar, it's like you have a starter pack of like traits, but you have to like learn and grow and strengthen. So maybe you're a good people person, but maybe you're not good at, maybe you're really good at not procrastinating, right. but you're good awkward point. socially, but you just kind of have to learn it. You have to just have to improve. Now, when you're famous, you don't have, like when you're already made it, then it doesn't matter anymore, right? It's like people are going to come to you. Right. Like I, I'm just now, it sounds so weird, but it's just Famous. true. But like, I'm just now getting to the point where like locally, locally, like I'm have enough of a momentum that like, I don't have to try as much to like, for people to like really be enamored right. with like what I'm doing. That feels so Your big, name you carries I mean? weight too. Only because. No, that's, that's a good thing to say. No, say that's, that's say huge. That. I mean, that's. Validate yourself. Yeah. That's give yourself yeah. the cookie. You worked hard yeah, like for that. Like that ass validate. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. We. But, but, but it's more than that. Yes, I, I, I do want to validate and I want to be, you know, confident in what I'm putting out there. But it's, it's, it's what that does to me is it's another proof of the, of the principle of the garden, right? Which is like, once you start putting it in there, there is, there is at some point where it starts to generate its own momentum. So it's mm. at the first, it's grind, 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 grind. And everything that comes in is a direct result of something that you did. 
But then once you start yes, building momentum, right. right, then things start trickling in that you didn't even you didn't even know about. A great example of this is like um, I'm at the point now where like um, if on social media, if someone posts somewhere in the web that they're looking for a mural, somebody do an illustration, somebody to live paint at a gala or whatever, because my network is so massive, because I cultivate relationships very intentionally, um, that I'm getting like on this post, it's like Scott Taylor, Scott Taylor, tag, 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 tag. And if I'm getting tagged like 10 times in something, I'm probably gonna get right. the gig. And so, and so that's what I mean of like, you create that momentum and then it starts to come back to mm -hmm. you. But it, it's hard at first, you right. grind, 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 but there is a dynamic that it does start to come back. That's facts. Yeah. But the grind is the grind is important to have that momentum. And I like, I'm all about the grind and I respect that you are as well because it's almost it's like just, the grind you gotta is, put the work out. is more, I, I think at least for me, because like the procrastination thing that like really spoke to me where, yeah, I'm 100% a people person. People come up to me and talk to me all the time, but the follow through and the being tired and the still trying to keep everything up in your life. That's the part that's hard. Um, at least for me, I forgot where I was going with this. Well, you gotta have more. No, we're talking together. about like, yeah, that that grind and like, I just fucking I love that. Oh, that's what yeah, it was. Coming off of being but an it's, coming it's, off of being an athlete, like I love it. I'm addicted to it. But it's it's, it's kind grind. Of gross, but. It's grind with focus. Like that's the thing is, people are busy right. and they're grinding all the time, but they have to have a plan. You gotta have focus and you gotta have margin soleil. So like, there's that dynamic too. You said like, how do you balance everything? Like, like uh, I, I mean, I'm a full time dad. My son, it's summertime, so my son's here chilling. Like. You know, I'm, I, I'm able to balance my schedule to where when I'm working, I'm like maximizing my work. And I'm also really strategic about like how I spend my time. So like if I'm going to go have lunch with somebody or if I'm going to whatever, I make sure A, is this either business connected to where it's, it's good for me to be at this or is it like relational, emotional, like important to my well-being? You know, sometimes I'm hanging out with a friend. It's not a business thing, but it's an important thing thing for my well-being and 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 for the, our friendship so there's that but then i'm also like if i go out i'm bringing cards i literally always have i have stickers and stuff i'm always like handing them out i'm like leaving them places like i'm always kind of like on and like aware Networking. like i'm hearing like oh does somebody say something about there's purpose and intent behind everything you do okay that's key yeah i that's love huge <laughs> that's smart and like that's huge and like you really should be doing that and like putting yourself on blast because honestly I think it's important like I think you need to hype yourself up like I had a hard time at first maybe you did too telling people oh I'm an artist like full-time like I had a hard time being like I do comedy I said it like I didn't I didn't say it with my chest I didn't say it with my shoulders back like right. I do comedy like you know, I wouldn't know how to say that to be. I'd be like, I do comedy, I do improv, yeah. like kill me. Like now me? Like, shoulders back. Yeah. I do, yeah, like I do comedy. I'm, I I do comedy, like and having that presence behind you. And like you have your business cards because it's like, check my shit out. Like I'm always plugging my fucking, hey, you want to see my material? Log on to my TikTok. Let me open it for you. I have a business oh, I bring card with up, it on it. Like, I, log I on to it. Let me open podcast. it for you. On your phone, give me your phone. I, let me open right it for now. you. I'm opening follow, it. Follow. We're watching our videos together. Grace and I yeah, have hit, decided I'm hit that follow for you. our new marketing technique is if people ask for our Instagrams, we're giving them the podcast Instagram. We think that like that's the smart thing because it leads to us. Um, and then we're getting followers on our podcast. So yeah, yeah. I'm not going to give a guy in social that, media anymore. 
that's that's literally what I do whenever someone's like, hey, can I get your number? Like a girl, I'm like, hey, check out my Instagram because it has it all there. Plus, I do, I do. <laughs> I also, I also kind of like that though, Scott, that you say that because when I didn't put a lot of my content out, like if you start dating me or talking to me as a guy, you know, I'm fucking weird and like comedic and this, this and this, but like I didn't have it online like that. And now it's like if a guy is like hitting on me or something and like we're talking, I've had guys like follow me on social media and just be like, this bitch is annoying. Like, why is she trying to be funny? Like, and I, I will get an unfollow. Like, I'm not joking that it's like, you really know it's who a way I am. To weed, it's a way to weed it out, media. you know? It's like, if I'm going to date Yeah, and I'm weeding you out. I'm like, I don't even need if, that. I, if like, I'm going to date you, you need to be obsessed with my content. So let's just go through this first. <laughs> yeah. Not only obsessed right, no, like, with me, obsessed my videos, with my content. Go through my videos. You need to be the hardest no, writer of them all. Like, if you're but not wearing up. a You Down to Ride shirt, you're not getting underneath my You Down to Ride shirt. <laughs> he's like, the, if, if you he's don't, not think, if you that don't think that my bit about... He's not the one for you. Yeah, like, <laughs> facts, though. But, like, also, like, if somebody doesn't see your art and, like, you want them to see your art and know your vibe and know your energy, that it's, like, that's what's cool, that it's, like, at least social media is, like, really deprecating in a way. Like, I hated it for a period of time until this pandemic. And then now I'm, like, you know what, dude? Like, honestly, like, the second people i want to talk to people or meet new friends or something you can instantly gauge who i am yeah. from my social media like instantly and if that's not honestly we're not going to be friends and you can hit the unfollow i lost hundreds and hundreds of people that followed me from like college and home from just putting out comedic content it's helped me gain does, another does, following of other people but like you have to be okay with weeding those people out did jill unfollow yes, you? <laughs> my sister Oh my God. She, she'll just, I'll literally send her something that's like content. Right. And she'll be like, I, she'll like, just look at it straight faced and not laugh. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I like, fuck. Like I literally, my family, my dad will do like my family in just general, just being from Boston and the East coast, they're just so honest. Like they can't help it. And my dad will just be like, I don't fucking get it. What the fuck's the point? What the fuck is that? What the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, dad. Like, like honestly, and everyone else like, gets it. Just tell me good job. Damn it. Just tell me like it my parents like they would rather like you would have to choke them to tell me good job like literally choke you're like them you're like to tell like tell me good there's job. a time when i want your opinion and there's a time that i want your like approve like your like encouragement and this is the second not right. the first <laughs> you've met my dad before right scott yeah you've met my dad steve right Isn't yeah steve oh yeah steve you've met my dad but like he is just so classic and traditional and like just so boston mentality that like he's starting to get on the back of like me writing comedy and he's like understanding a little bit more now but the th we're at the point now where he wants to contribute to my comedic journey <laughs> and he'll tell me things that he thinks are funny yeah, so he like called me the other day right and he's like he's like i got a great bit for you i got something so good for you and i was like okay dad like kind of busy but what what is it and he goes okay so you know how people have like different like race, different races of people have like those weird quirks about them, you know? You're like, like already you're Italian, you know, you're super loud. And I'm like, holy fuck. He's Dad, like, when you're Italian, you going with you're this? super loud. And, and then he's like, well, when you're Jewish, you know, when you're Jewish, you're, you're like, you cheap and stuff. Oh, and you're like, are kind we? Of annoying. And my, okay. dad, my dad is going, right, right, right. So my dad's Listen going off here, about Steve. all of these. And I go, dad. I go, so dad, you want me to make a joke about racism? Like, you just want me to be racist. Like, genuinely, that's just the definition of racism. And my dad was like, that's the problem. Comics don't feel like they can be a little bit racist anymore. And I'm like, dad, like, I legitimately I? can't get canceled. You live in California, in LA. I'm not Joe Rogan. I can't do that kind of content. <laughs> Sorry, know, Spotify's like, not sponsoring us like, to make uh, racial jokes yet. Like, Spotify doesn't even like our yet. normal jokes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know, but straight up, like, like a, I just love that. I'm a white, cis, attractive girl. Like, I can't make racism jokes. <laughs> it's hard enough. It's literally hard enough. I sit, get on stage or I put content on it, and I'm fighting for you to laugh at me. I literally feel like I'm literally fighting for you to laugh at me. Every time I step on stage, I'm like, I swear I'm fucking funny. Like, just give me a second and stop staring at my fucking tits. Literally, stop staring at my tits. I'm literally trying to say something. Like, I'm literally speaking. I, I feel like, that same way. I'm like, eyes up here because the. You know, I feel like I'm not taking <laughs> I'm right here, guys. Come on. I'm like, Literally, let me let me be seen. Scott's also, doing all his painting and like gray sweats. Like, here, let me do this mural. <laughs> like getting sprayed down by a hose. And like, oh my god, god there's paint everywhere. <laughs> I don't know where the money started coming from. Honestly, like I started just <laughs> don't even get it. Like, I might have forgot there that. There he goes. <laughs> oh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, Scott Taylor on you down to ride. <laughs> forgot. To- <laughs> forgot to so note that didn't i did have... for a whole two years nude paint nude painting say what so we oh you did nude painting I was... no 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 i'm saying i forgot to mention that i nude painted for two years um to get my business going um so, just wanted to do, add that at the end you gotta do what you gotta do um, you gotta do what you gotta do you so, gotta do what you gotta do but also be- before we're before we end this by any means i really want to get it a little bit dark for one second because i really wanted to get into this one side yes, yes that i think a big a big thing with our trailblazers is adversity and like coming from something mm-hmm. that has brought you adversity in your life and like overcoming it in a positive way because your work is just like extremely positive and you're doing it to bring joy to other people right. i know at least for me as an artist I am a bit self-deprecating and I've had a lot of adversity in my life and that's why I want to make others laugh and others feel happy. I was wondering if you can attest to that type of feeling with what's translated from what I see in your work. Is it from, you know, coming from something that might be adverse in your life or any obstacles of something that has made you want to put out such positive content? And before you answer that, do you want to talk a little bit about your medium as well? Like just give us a, give our listeners kind of like paint a picture for our listeners of the work that you put out really quick, if you don't mind. Uh, no, I don't mind at all. Um, so, uh, how about this? I'll paint a picture of my work. I'm going to refill this and then I'm going to answer your question, Gracie. Does that work? (laughs) That works. Hell yeah. That works for me. So, so, uh, what I was going to say is, so I, I do contemporary art, so my medium is acrylic and mixed media, and you can see examples. I know you will post all my social website and all that good stuff. But yeah, we're gonna um, plug you. But I, but I, um, I really want my work to inspire joy. So one of the greatest compliments that I can receive from my patrons and clients is that when they're having a rough day, they walk by, they look at my painting, and it elevates their mood. They feel happier. They feel more. Um, like that they can tackle whatever's in front of them they just feel joy and and i and i really believe that it's because again the authenticity right when i'm painting like i'm not tortured i'm like i'm having the time of my life and i feel like in some right. weird like metaphysical way like that is imprinted onto the content in a way that people connect with you know these like there's, there's like, an energy right. behind what there's you're doing behind, and that explain, energy and that true. vibrance comes out while looking at your work yeah yeah right. yeah and so and so i i love that you know and I, I want more of that because i mean the world is hard enough as you mentioned grace and you know it's like so any reprieve that maybe let's I get dark 
through art, you know, is, is exactly is, is, is needed and wanted and desired. And, um, and so that's super, super important, super, super important to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, to answer your question, well, hold on. Can you pause it? Really yeah, fast? I love that. That's me and Soleil when we go out, I'm like drinking and I'm like, this guy will start hitting on me. Like, where's your trauma at? What? Hold on. Let me get one more drink and then we can talk about it. It's pineapple Malibu and mango juice. Oh, wait, that's not even that, that bad. Sounds delicious. Okay, so delicious. I thought you were going to say, so you guys, now doing vodka. you guys were back. Uh, we took a brief <laughs> recess before we talked trauma. Um, and Scott had to pour himself a drink. Does. So Scott, what, tell tell our <laughs> listeners what your drink of choice is to un- unleash your trauma because Grace so loves trauma. I, I, so if I'm going to unleash my trauma over two girls, I always try to drink. Um, <laughs> I, try, I, try to, I try to have a, a, a glass of Malibu and either Coke, you know, if I want to have like a casino vibe, like I'm hanging out with my friends at the casino or okay. maybe like, have like okay. mango juice and maybe some flavored Malibu. I like my drinks to match my disposition. Oh wow. They're both very sweet. Oh, love that. And yes. <laughs> my He's drink single, of choice. Ladies, right? Oh yeah. Scott, you single. Tell tell the people what they want. Before we direct all these people to your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am Honestly. I, I am currently single. I am currently single. I flip it as DMs. It's please. actually a requirement for being on our podcast. You have to be as alone as we are. So Well, you're <laughs> luck. Well, you know, before, before we get into the trauma, you know, Grace talked earlier about having a plan and knowing what you want and setting aside certain things for a greater goal. So I just realized having, you know, spent probably the better part of five or six years kind of in and dating and doing stuff that never really continued. I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to focus on my career. I'm going to get famous and rich. And then when I'm like 40 and my gray is coming in in my beard and I'm wealthy, mm-hmm. then I think I'll just start dating the 25 year olds. You know what I mean? And that's kind of my, yeah, that's perfect. That's smart. You know what I'm saying? I genuinely think that's smart. Honestly. Yeah. Like I, I, if I'm going to be honest, I genuinely am here for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it's smart. I have no qualms <laughs> with your plan. I mean, I think your plan is if fire. I back to LA, it's over for these hoes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, at that I, point, that's how I feel up. about Oklahoma. If I touch down in Oklahoma, no one's going to know what to do with themselves, including me. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Come on out. I kind of feel the same way. Scott, it's actually funny you say that because I genuinely feel the same way that it's like, I want to be like hot still in my 40s and I'm going to just date 25 year olds. And like, LA 6, like, I have, but in I Oklahoma, don't have time 12. To date. I'm going to say, yeah. you guys well, I'm going to be, I don't know where I'm going to be. You never know, but at least at that point, and on a real, on a, on like a serious note, like I just feel like it goes back to the regret thing. Like I don't want to look back and have not fulfilled my dream because I was fucking around with girl. You know what I mean? Like nothing, nothing right. to show for, it, nothing, whatever. Yeah. I'd rather the dream is first, and then family. Right. I mean, like dream and family are together. Like I want to provide a good life for my family. I want to be financially secure for the rest of my life. And as an entrepreneur, like I don't have any. I'm not social security. Like I'm not betting on any of that. If I don't make it, then I'm just going to be poor and old. And that sounds terrible. You're still working. Yeah. So I'm literally going to focus on that. And then once I reach the goal, then I can start like thinking about companionship. But right now companionship would take away from the time slots that I have available for, and I barely have time as it is. So that's kind of the way that I look at it. You know what I mean? Does that Which make sense? also thank you for making time to speak with us today as well. Like always like to preface with that. We appreciate you being here because you are an entrepreneur. You do have a son, you have a life, you have 
your yeah. all your own shit. You're in Oklahoma, and it's the middle. Well, that's of the what day, I'm saying. I mean, I've, I've been with you guys now talking for almost you know for over an hour, and normally I don't do that. If I mean, I'm, I'm not even sleeping with you guys, so it's like you should feel. <laughs> Really yeah, honestly, privileged. Honestly, I'm just really flattered. Cares. Flattered, but um, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I feel like we're running away from our trauma. Like, I'm gonna be fucking I'm back. honest I'm back. here, and okay. not on this podcast. Take, on this take a podcast. sip of that Malibu, and and let's yeah, get into I'm some like, trauma. It's, a, it's, it's in it. Yeah, because like that's the point of it for me. Of like where it's like we come, we all have adversity, and we all have our background. But it's just like. What are we doing with it to make people yeah. so, okay. feel so, better around That's that. a great question. So your question obviously was, you I know, did. You run from it. I, I haven't run. I've danced. Okay. Um, but okay. uh, <laughs> no, but, but, but honestly, it's a great question. And um, I, I feel like for me, you know, the old adage really is true, right? When people say like the people that are the loudest and funniest and brightest generally have gone through the hardest stuff. Yeah. And so, um, because you just kind of have to survive, right? Life goes on. And so me, like I've been through a ton of stuff. Like I went through a, a really difficult divorce and then a really difficult custody thing that was just really, really drawn out for years. And it was just hard. A lot of, a lot of really big, really hard interpersonal stuff, stuff with my kids. Right. And, um, and in that life, I just felt so outmatched right like mm -hmm. I just didn't mm -hmm. feel like I could do it I didn't know if I wanted to go on I didn't really know who I was and so right. part of the thing that I try to do so in being a parent really helped and what I mean by that is like when you're a parent like ideally as if you're like trying to be a good parent you know you want to practice what you preach so like if I'm like talking to my kids about connecting with their emotions and feeling what they feel and that being okay and sharing that in a vulnerable way, you know, and like processing through it, then I can't, how, how can I sleep at night if I'm like not trying to do the same thing? So when I was right. going through everything, it almost like forced me to try to practice what I preach and like the stuff that I'm reading in the books. And so like I went to a therapist and I had friends around me that I was really open with yeah. about what's going on. And I'm a big, you know, proponent of like getting help if you need help, getting meds if you need meds, getting therapy if you need therapy. Um, you. You know, I think everybody yeah. needs therapy. But um, and so anyway, so that was a huge thing. But then, what I started to find was that um, when I we talked about principles, right? We talked about things. So when I started to practice the principles of like of like dealing with this kind of stuff, like practicing vulnerability, like practicing, you know, staying connected, like checking in on a weekly basis with friends when you're going through a hard time, I actually did start to feel better, you know, and then, and then once I started to feel a little bit better, I started to be able to have the, the ability to kind of almost step back a little bit from my stuff and like assess it a little bit from like an outsider view. And that's when lessons start coming to the top, mm. right? You start to see like, oh, this always happens or when I felt this way. And I just started writing those things down. I mean, I started reading books. Like, I, I'm an avid reader. Like, I love to read. So I'm, I'm like, Brene Brown is one of my favorite authors. Um, I love her. Oh, I love her. She's incredible. And then vulnerability, I, baby. Vulnerability. And then I also started reading and researching about the brain and about how emotion plays into like the neurology and the neurological makeup of our brains and like what's happening neurologically when I'm feeling lonely. What's happening when I'm feeling compulsive? What's happening when I'm feeling, you know, like 
aroused, like just curious about like what dopamine, yeah. serotonin, what's going on. And that really right. helped me to understand myself a little more. And then it was out of that, that I wrote my children's book, which is called, which is essentially a, um, sorry, repeat the name one more time. On, sorry. Sure. Jacob, Jacob and the cloak is the name of the, the book that I wrote. And, um, and I, you know, kind of pulled from my experiences and wrote a book about a bear um, that had gone through a very big thing, which is capitalized, which is the trauma that you're able to connect with whatever you've been through. And then he goes on this experience where he's trying to wrestle with his feelings and he wants to tell his friends, but he doesn't, you know, necessarily want them to feel sorry for him. He doesn't want to be that friend that's like negative Nancy, like all my problems, blah, blah, blah. And he just goes this whole journey of finding his way toward vulnerability. And at the end, he finally meets um, his friend Beaver who just listens to him, right? He just listens. He doesn't prescribe. He doesn't get codependent. And that's like the revelation of like, wow, I found someone just to sit and be with me in this and love me and care about me, even that. though I'm not fixed, even though I'm not okay. And, and then that leads him to the practice of empathy, which I feel like is a natural progression. When a good thing has happened to you, when someone is empathetic and loving toward you and you feel how good that feels, then, then you're almost aware that that's what people want and you're able to start practicing empathy with other people. And there you start spreading more of that kind of emotional literacy um, in the world by your, by your act. And so that's kind of the story of Jacob. And that came out of that stuff. And I think it also just gave me such an appreciation for people and their struggles that like, I'm just not a very judgy person because I, I know, like I've been there, like I've been in all these situations. I, I could have done the very same things that other people could have done. And, and so right. I just love people for that reason. And I think that that's a big part of why I was able to kind of turn my pain and what went in into something constructive because I didn't blame anyone for it. Even my ex, you know I mean? Like it wasn't even like, it was just like this bad, this is a new, this is a neutral bad thing that's happened to me. What am I going to do about right. it? You know, I can't stop it. I can't make anyone stop doing things. So then it becomes, well, what am I going to do about it? How am and I going to react to what's going on? Sure. And it was just me surviving. I wasn't even trying to necessarily be like, so wise. It was just like, how do I live? Yeah. How do I fight or flight? Fight or flight. Yeah. And I like that you talk about like, at least for me too, going from traumatic experiences, smart people figure out the why. Why is my brain wired like this? How can I navigate through this in the most high functioning way that I happening? can? Because why I am, am responsible. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you also have, you also have, you know, kids to look after, you know, that's a, that's a different level of stress for me when I was like really depressed, I'm like, this is my life on the line. If I don't figure out my brain chemistry, like this is my life on the line. If I can't get together, what's going on with my brain. And I now want to understand other people's brain chemistry around me to understand why they behave the way that they did towards me, why they have what's going on in their life that has affected me. And when you can take the time to understand what's going on with other people's brain in your own life's a lot easier. Yeah. Life's and then you start easier. to, and then you start to realize that you're not so different than these people and you start to see the overlaps and that builds empathy, like real empathy, not self-serving empathy, but like true empathy where you're able to then start taking the perspective of even your 
quote unquote enemies, the people that are hurtful to you, you see like, well, I see things from their perspective, like, you know, everyone's trying to do the best they can, like that, then, and then you start becoming like a truly kind, warm person, because if you're able to start loving people that are trying to hurt you and being kind to them in like an authentic way, not just a showy way, but like, even when you're alone, you're not like thinking hateful thoughts about them, and you're kind toward them, like, it starts to shift something in your heart that I think people connect with. We talked about energy, right? So there's a, there's a warmth, there's a kindness. You know how you meet people sometimes that you just feel immediately like, you know, like we're chill. Like, and that's a real thing. Yeah. Not everybody has that. And you can immediately tell when it's not there and you right. can tell when it is there. And I think that it's that kind of stuff that cultivates that warmth. And that's what we should strive to have as human beings, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. I love that you say that. Yeah, because when you're around somebody like I, I think that there's some people I can vibe with because like I like when people are around me, they feel like they can say be whoever the fuck they want to be like, be yourself around me, please. Like, I don't want you to feel showy. I want you to feel comfortable. Like I've been around so many people in my life that have made me feel like I got to prove who I am or make me uncomfortable around them, make me feel anxious around them. That it's like, all I want to do with my life is make people feel like they have a safe space around me. And like, I think that you do the same thing. Like I felt very very overwhelmingly positive energy when meeting you that there's some people like I'll be around them and I'm like I just I'm gonna choose to be in the other side of the room from you well, and like, I, and like I for think, the rest of the evening. I think with you and I I mean it was probably just that authenticity do you really value authenticity if you want to be silly and funny and loud that's great but it's got to be really you and not show and if it is then I'm here for it and if it's not then I'm probably not going to connect or whatever and so I think you yeah. picked up on that you know what I mean and that's kind of the same thing I felt about you but that's what we should strive to and that was a big part of like my journey and it's why I'm releasing this book it's why I'm doing this so I'm also creating um, I guess the working title of it would be like an emotional literacy deck so essentially like you know how like cool. these things are really popular now where like they're like cards you buy like a 40 pack and they have quotes on them or yeah. stuff mm -hmm. and you can set them yeah. on display and like look yeah. at them or whatever. So I'm basically creating 40 cards that are based around emotional literacy that the cards will like have like meditative yes, things to consider how to how to suffer yes. like all that and and I'm yeah and I'm really really excited about that that I'm hoping to release in tandem with yes. my, um children's book so yeah so, so i was i wanted to ask do we have a release date for the book can our listeners know when to i mean besides we, we, we're directing them all to following your instagram for all updates and things like right. that but is there anywhere else that they could keep an eye out for anything the best the best thing that they could possibly do honestly is just to follow my personal instagram which is that scott taylor only because i don't have a set release date yet there's a lot of irons in the fire that I have to kind of complete. I mean, I'm opening up a gallery right now. Wow. Uh, so, like, there's just a lot going on. Yeah. And I'm trying to get this art thing up. And so I I'm hoping later this year, but it's not a for sure thing yet. But if they follow me on social media, I mean, you see me. I, I will post about it. <laughs> so you'll find out about it for I sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that'll probably all be the cookies. Yeah. yeah. But before we wrap up, though, we have some we have some bonus questions here for for Scott. We do. OK, like we, we like, honestly, we do. And also, before, before we do, though, after we get through the bonus question, speaking of the book yeah. and emotional literacy and then and then the dating question, like I, I think <laughs> there's a great there's a great there's a super great time that a story that I definitely want to share. So you have to come back. To OK, I yeah, I, I really like that. The emotional literacy, it does tie into dating, but also <laughs> 
I kind of love dating without it. Like I love dating without the emotional <laughs> side for myself. It really helps. That's, with, that's uh, how we without that's how make this podcast. Depends on what you what you want. Yeah, some some seasons is perfect. Yeah. Seasons I'm like so love. anti me, me and Soleil are talking about this right now we're both on the vibe where we're anti we're not like anti relationship we're just not I'm just not looking for one at all like not even close to looking for one that I want to date with zero intention and I'm trying to it. learn like, what I'm dating sorry. with zero intention means so it's yeah. you know what, you know what I think? it's big on communication you you clearly set out Truth. like this is this and it's not that and it will probably never be that. In fact, it definitely won't ever be that. So get that out of your mind. And if and if you're cool with this, yeah. then we're golden. Let's have a blast in this and circle. And that's where but we're at right now. More than that, it's not going to work out. But you, the communication is key though, because like I do preface to somebody I'm talking to what I want from them, and I'm like I don't. And want that's shit why you're no you, longer so talking like... to anyone. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but yep. Um, because it's right like, people, oh, like I want to involve my emotions, and I'm like, I don't, I don't right want to involve my emotions with you. I want to put my emotions into my work, and I want to so, put my emotions into the things that take more time than being around your dick energy that I just de- genuinely don't need. Your LDE. I don't need it. I'm choosing to be around. What LDE? What does that mean? Little dick energy. Oh. I don't want to be around that shit either. <laughs> That's you already <laughs> were at a strip club in Bangor, Maine with a micro penis. So. I know. I guess I had sex with somebody with a micro penis uh, and then put a, another chick's fucking thong on after. So, like, I don't know. I love that for me. I love that for me. Love <laughs> my dating life. So follow me for more life. Tell us. <laughs> yeah, follow me for more life updates because they're juicy. Honestly, I'm thriving, guys. <laughs> Straight up thriving. Okay, so I mean that was a date fail for me. Like truthfully, that was my date fail. I shared it. I blessed you all with that. Scott, do you have like a date fail that you can like share maybe to make other people feel better about their dating life or where they're at in their dating spectrum? Like I feel like you have to have a dating fail here. Well, as I said in my notes, other than unsuccessfully sliding into your DMs, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that, I literally laughed out loud reading Grace, those Grace notes. Goes, I was like, you, oh, Grace goes, did you I, read I, the I email yet? It. And I go, yeah. <laughs> shoot yeah. shoot, though. Like, when, 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 when I was doing that, Chris was like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I don't know. So I don't know. I'm just do trying, okay. <laughs> we respect the hustle. I respect it. I respect the hustle. Chris gets so mad when his he'll literally pull them aside. And be like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? I'm yeah, like, it wasn't like, like that. He just was like, bro, it's not gonna work okay. out. And I was like, I know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I was, I'm just a dog chasing cars. Okay, I wouldn't wouldn't do if I caught it. You know? I'm just chasing it. You know what That's what I'm saying? hoping for. I don't want it to work out. Like we got to stick to my narrative. <laughs> I don't but, even want it to work out. I just want her to talk to me. <laughs> well, you did though, and now we're. Friends. I was gonna That's say, great. did Grace? Did- exactly, we're friends from it. But but I, I will I, say, I, I wonder DM though. Me, I usually that, become friends with them. I, I wonder though. I do wonder though that if you weren't forced friends with me because I officiated Chris's wedding, that I wonder if we would still be as good of friends as we are right now. <laughs> I like your energy though. I like the energy that you put yeah, out. Yeah, we on do. We media. do get along. Like for I. Sure, I I think we need no, to like I just person, like, like I wouldn't like, ask you on this podcast. That's true. Yeah, I like I like your energy. And and you yeah, like I I also don't even have to answer you. Like I yeah, don't have to answer you. I was gonna say you, you strike me as the kind of person that like if you didn't want to do anything, you just won't do it. No, I literally won't. I will just leave it on Those red are called boundaries. Like, I see you officially. 
I'm a boundary queen when it comes to men messaging me that I'm like, and then I would saw you officially the wedding and I've been like, stop, dude. Like, <laughs> have a good one. Enjoy yourself. Like, have a good time here. And it's so, just like, I don't know that if like, well, I like your energy, I will talk to you. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. And I feel the same to you. Um, but, uh, but as far as dating, like actual dating fails that result in an actual date, um, I will right. say that <laughs> I, <laughs> that I, uh, so one time, I, uh, it's so funny. Now I want to tell a different story. Um, but, uh, so I was, I was out with this girl okay, one time. You yeah. You yeah. You don't have to, to stick it. to the script. We never do. Okay. Well, this, I, I will say, <laughs> we actually I'll, tell, never do. I'll tell a short, I'll tell a short version of that. And then I'll go into another story. But okay. basically I went out with this girl, we were clicking. Um, and this isn't really too bad of a fail, but I mean, it definitely didn't result in a second date, but I also like, wasn't feeling bad about it. It just definitely wasn't going to work out. Um, but I went out with her and she was like super, um, raised like super chivalrous, like centric where it's like, um, oh man, like I, you should open the door. You should pull out the chair for me or whatever. And like, I don't have anything against that. I'm not opposed to that. If I was with someone and that was like truly important to them, I would learn that I would get better at that. But I wasn't really raised that way. Weird, weird. I know because I was raised in South Carolina, which you would think would be very like, Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I mean, all that, you know, but I wasn't really. My parents were from the north. My parents were from New Jersey, actually. Oh, so interesting. I wasn't Arm, really raised. Armpit of the East Coast. It's, I thought that was Florida. Oh, well, Florida's south. It's true. Florida's the wang. But, um. Yeah. So America's wang. But, uh, but so we were, we were going on a date and she kept saying that and I kept forgetting, like I forget to pull the chair out, I forget to whatever. And she kept making comments about it. Which I thought was like really weird, only because oh, that at one time it's a first date. I get that you're used to that. Obviously, I'm not, but you it's a first date, so like you're putting a lot of like pressure on me for like just just like let it be what it is and then decide. How old whatever. were you when this was happening too? I agree with that. This was like six or seven years ago, probably. So it's been some it's been some time. Yeah, so you were still young. Like that's like late twenties, early tw mid twenties. Yeah, I was still I was still young, yeah. And then anyway, um I, I double booked activities, which you should never do. I planned dinner and a movie, but on a first date, which I didn't know how the first thing was, was that hot. Yeah. So I we go eat the restaurant, it's like really kind of awkward because all this happening. We go to the movie because I'm very dutiful and I go. It's awkward in the movie theater. I'm literally sitting there like Normally, you know how movie theaters are normally like, like you were sitting with somebody, you're like kind of like touching their leg or like whatever, yeah. you know, Arm like, around yeah. them. nothing, nothing, yeah. right? Just like this, right? Stiff. I'm like sitting there like that stiff. So anyway, we walk out of the movie and of course me, <laughs> like, let me just get through this. I was like, I'm trying to be like gregarious. I'm like, oh, what'd you think of the movie? Blah, blah, blah. Here's my favorite part. I'm just trying to get through it on a positive note. It's cold outside. I'm like, I run to the car and I remember to open the door for her and she, she gets in and I run around and get in and she sits in my passenger seat with the door wide open and looks at me and I literally was so, she goes, are you going to close the door? And I, at this point, I was a little annoyed only because I get that you want that and you expect that and that's fine. Like you're able to have your right. own criteria, but now you're it's almost like you're trying to be you're 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 pushing my buttons now you're trying you could have just closed the door and thought i'll never see this guy again just take one for the right. team close your own door and never talk to me again but the fact that who like the kind of person it takes think about that to sit there and, and the not door just open. and not no, just do definitely it. you dodged the bullet though dude you dodged the bullet with a girl like and that and so she goes are you gonna close the door and i said sure and i threw the car in reverse the brake and the door slammed shut on her 
And then I looked at her and she looked at me so mean. And I just smiled and I was like, what? It's like Fast and Furious. And she was like, no, she's like, hanging home. And I was like, that's where we're going anyway. And then it was like silence all the way home. Yeah. And, I, and I dropped her off and I was like, okay, well, bye. I didn't even say like, see you later or text me or anything. It was like, I knew that that was it, you know, never again. And, uh, and I actually saw her, I actually saw her like years later. Is she in Tulsa? Yeah. She okay. is in Tulsa. She is in Tulsa. I hope she listened to this. And then, and then, and then one time, another one that was really cringy was I was out one time. So I met this girl at the pool. I was at the pool and I saw her sitting there. She was like laying out and she was looking really pretty. And like, I'm not, Cody was looking fire. I'm not Love typically that. like a nervous guy. Like again, same approach to entrepreneurship. What's the worst that can happen? Doesn't work out. I don't care. So I just went up yeah. and I was like, Hey, <laughs> I was like, Hey, my name's Scott and I think you're cute. And I think we should go out sometime. Do you want to? <laughs> And she was like, like yeah. she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, let me get your number. And, Word. Like, All right. and so we went out and I took her to a really nice restaurant. And, uh, and then while we're talking, like, I'm trying to be very first date. So I'm like, lots of fun anecdotes, humorous stories. Right. Like I'm showing you personality, of, but still showing personality. Questions. I'm like giving you lots of handholds conversationally to hook into, to contribute something of your own to which I can parry off of. And like, you know what I mean? Like right. I was doing it all right. Love and I wasn't it. getting any response. I wasn't getting, it was like a lot of like smiles and head shakes, but not like content, right. Coming out. And at first you would think that maybe she wasn't vibing, but then she was like touching my hand. And so I was conflicting because I was like, seems like you're enjoying my presence, but you're not like talking to me. And to the right. point where she's finished her food, I'm still eating because I'm talking the whole time. So I can't even finish my food. My steak is cold, every, you know, and I'm just like, and at this point I'm kind of, again, getting somewhat annoyed, not really at her, but just like, I don't know, what are we doing here? Like I'm hungry. Like, right. so I just yeah. started eating in silence. We're just eating in silence, total silence. And yeah, I just- she's still holding your hand? <laughs> no, she was not holding my hand. She was just Imagine. Like, touching it you know but it was like eating in silence and then I actually felt bad about this later on I mean like I understood I empathized if you will but later on she called me and she was like hey I'm really sorry I know that was kind of awkward but like you just had all these stories and you live in LA and you've done all this stuff and I just feel like I'm just from a small town I didn't have anything like cool to talk about and I just felt like embarrassed about that and so I just didn't Aww. say anything I'm just thinking like all right that's sweet but also like you gotta say something. Like, you didn't say lie. Yeah, I don't know. Like, keep going. You know what That's I mean? That's just. Like, I mean, like, while we're all like, oh, like that makes sense. It's like, okay, well, clearly that wasn't who you're supposed to be with because they're not giving right. you anything to go off of. I gotta be intellectually I, I, stimulated. The hotness is like the first option, dude. and hotness is nothing. Right. right. Tons of hot people. And hot people, I don't have a right. problem attracting other hot people. So I'm like, that's out of it. To, for me to be like attracted right. to somebody. I have, they have to be pretty, you know, have to be attractive, but also like I have to be intellectually stimulated. I have to really enjoy right. all the non-sexual elements of the relationship in order for the romantic part of it to be good. Does that make sense? Right. And I think that no, that's something that comes, yeah, with self-awareness and with growth as a human is like kind of how you were saying, that's like that LA phase of life. That's that instant gratification of like, oh, I just bagged a hot chick or I got this person here. But it's like, okay, yeah. beauty fades 
all that kind of stuff fades at the end of the day. Like you're not going to have this job forever or whatever it is. So what is it that makes you, you that I would want to spend time enjoying with you? Like, give me something because I know that all of this stuff is like the superficial, like show me your soul. So I know if this is worth my time or. And that, that feels so cliche, but it really is true. It was almost like, it was almost like I had to prove to my high school self Mm. that I could and then once I did I was like wait actually I don't want I this agree. yeah I completely agree with that I think I, that's like was point. not like I, I think that that's a really good point and like for dating for me like I I didn't know how to validate myself like growing up the way that I did so I didn't know when I did something good so I was like how can I find another avenue to validate myself but I wasn't attractive growing up like I genuinely was I was friends with a ton of boys I hit puberty super late that like nobody found me to be attractive I guess until like my senior year of high school and I didn't know I was still one of the boys such a jock that I didn't know that I was viewed as attractive until I went to college once I figured that out then I was like oh I can validate myself off of my appearance and dating and then I just took that and ran with it opposed to letting anybody actually see me for like the badass bitch that I am and like that's been me recently like being able to see that dating I also think when you're younger you don't have a sense of identity yet you haven't lived through these experiences that have shaped you you haven't figured out your own niche yet and so it's much easier to like mate or match with partners based on looks because no one really knows who they are and I think that's why you kind of have like those traumatic breakups in your early 20s or whatever it is, where you're like, holy shit, I don't know who I am. My whole life has been based on this relationship with this person. I don't like who I am. I don't like who they are. What are we doing? And when you're young like that, you're doing a lot of mirroring. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where you're mirroring what you're around because you want to be accepted. It's not until you start to develop a self-identity that you realize, like, I can be myself. I don't need to mirror. I don't care if people necessarily like me. I just want to be myself. And you're not, and you're not mirroring everybody around you. So you're you're actually cultivating more authentic relationships because they're based on true connection and not, oh, I like you because you sound like me and look like me. And so we're doing the same sports, and our parents know that we, they can drop us off, you know, consecutively or whatever it is. Like this is the part where you get to pick and choose who actually is in your life based on what they're doing. And I think that's a huge point because those are then also the people that start to support you or know the true you or the you that you're becoming and those are the people where you're like they've seen me before they've seen me after or they see where I'm going and they're vibing with me for a reason right 100 you're not just vibing with me because you think I'm hot or you're not just vibing with me because you know you think I'm cool or you have this this and this going that it's like I don't know at least that's what's fucking cool about being an adult and dating it's like I've had therapy I've had a lot of trauma happen to me that it's just like I genuinely at least know my worth now and know when somebody fits into that niche but also it's hard to date when you know your worth because dating yeah. for me was a lot easier when I didn't know my worth right? because I could juggle men all around I could be dating like three guys at the same fucking time and like I just didn't know that I was worthy of like one person's attention and that that person could actually value me that I guess for me it was just dating now is so fucking hard because I'm like oh like I have to actually be seen I have to actually be valued and also I've also at the point now I will never ever date somebody that's not a creative because I've dated so many jocks and so many people that have no idea how to understand where my how my brain works and I don't feel seen in every avenue of like who I've ever dated. I've never creatively felt seen 
or valued for who I am as a person. And that's like why I'm single and like why my next journey, like the last person I talked to, he was a creative. It was good for that. He did see me as a creative and like really hyped me on my work and like really looked up to me as a comedian and as a creative that at least I know that that's possible for me now, but there's other things not working, but it's just like, it's really hard to date when you fuck with yourself. It's really fucking hard when and, you like yourself. And <laughs> the, like the, the it really is because you know what you're not going to put up with. And, but the, the good news in that is that when you do meet people, even if the relationship doesn't work out, if you establish the, <clears throat> whatever it is, the hangout, the right. relationship, the whatever it is on authentic communication, then the good thing is that a, um, it, it gets weeded out really fast whether it's going to work or not. But B, if you establish it on, on a good foundation, then like I, I'm really a big proponent of what I call the transition, which is like, hey, maybe we dated, maybe we slept together, but then for whatever reason, whether it was you, whether it was me, whether it was life, that stopped happening, it didn't work out, whatever. But like if, mm-hmm. if I like a girl because she's pretty, but then I also like all these other aspects of her, and then for some reason, the romantic physical part of it is no longer a factor that doesn't, in my mind, negate all the other incredible traits that this person has. And I want right. that person in my life. I want to know that person. So for me, and I really try to make that transition where I'm just like, hey, you know, like if, if I'm like, hey, I'm not feeling it. Or if a girl's like, hey, I'm not feeling it. I say, hey, well, can I, you know, I really like this, 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 like I would love to still be friends with you. And they're kind of, sometimes they're a little bit unsure at first because guys say that and they're really still trying to like hit it, you know? But like, I, oh. for me, I just make a decision yeah. where I'm like, okay, this is now how I view you in my mind. And then I honor that with my actions. Like when I'm hanging out with them, if I see them, I'm like not trying to like touch small their back and like be flirty. I'm like, hey, what's up? So good to see you. Like, you know, whatever. And then I'm able to cultivate like really good friendships. Some of my best friendships are with the girls that I dated. It didn't work out. But now they're like my biggest supporters. They come to all my stuff. They buy my prints. And we're like legitimately yeah. like for real, for real friends. And it's great. So now I like they, that. That's now awesome. They, wait, hold on. Because you bought a bride <laughs> buying your prints. So where would people, our listeners and stuff, once they follow your Instagram, where would they be able to purchase from yeah. you if they love your art like we do? So the best way to do it is to go to the website and shoot me an email um, or DM me on one of my Instagram profiles. If you want to get an original, that's the best way. For prints, basically, and I need to develop a more streamlined system for this, admittedly. But for right now, um, if you see any painting on my website that you like, I have a print for it. So if you like it, you can snapshot it, send me a message, and be like, "Hey, I really like this print," and then I can take payment over, you know, Venmo or, or online or whatever, and then I can just mail it out to you for people oh, that are cool. like, not, "Okay, yeah." So that's kind of the, the best way because I don't have them all listed on there. Like you can just buy them online. It's just like, "Hey, hey see it." I like that painting. I love it as a print snapshot. Of, hey, can I get yeah. this? So yeah, we're going to plug you as well on our social. We're going to plug his social medias on, but I know it's at that Scott Taylor. And so, then you have another one at that Scott Taylor art gallery. Yeah. But it's and the Scott second Taylor one. Scott Taylor art gallery. Okay. Yeah. So it's Scott Taylor spelled S C O T T T A Y L O R. If you guys need some help with that, because some people, you know what you do. It's three C's, um, three C's. Yeah, so the, I know when I was typing in your email, I was like three T's. I got three T's in there. Yes, but it's Scott Taylor in the house. Speaking speaking of the T's, so one of my, you know, in my repertoire of like intros and jokes that I do to be funny and flirty 
is I will pull out my magic trick. It's Scott, but with five T's. And they're like, five T's? I'm like, yeah, but the last three are silent. It's European. And that just always kills for some reason. Because it's so like, stupid. Stop it. I think that's why, honestly. I just like, I like always like when somebody's going to try to kill me with humor. I'm like, oh my God, that's so fucking cute. I love it. I like genuinely love it, especially when I can see the effort in it. But You're ladies, like, you heard really the joke here live. So if yeah, you like, get this one, single, if you get this one in public, then you know that. Yeah, like ladies, like you can ring yeah. out your underwear now. We're wrapping oh. up the episode. <laughs> oh, I was going to tell you. So I, I do have to go like really soon. But I want to tell you the story. Remember I said to wrap it around that story of the Jacob and the Cloak and the dating thing. Remember? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, um, so I, uh, so I once went on. Uh, I love telling this story because this is a major flex on my part. So I'm here for it. But um, so I was at a comic book convention. I used to do art at comic book conventions, um, and I had a booth and stuff. But this one I just went to as a guest, right? I love comics. I love Marvel. I love all that stuff. So I'm into it, right? So I'm at a convention, and I. Um, and there's this one of the guests, you know, which have you guys ever been to a comic book convention? I haven't. No. Okay. Well, you'd love it, even if you don't like comics, because it's just so weird. And people are letting their freak flag fly. And they're My favorite. Weird. I love that. They're weird, like, niche anime that they love that no one's ever seen but them. And they're in full costume. And you're like, who are you? I have no idea. Wow. But I love that you're here. Let's like, do it. I love those it. writers. And, uh, and so I'm at this convention. And, I, and one of the guests is this celebrity that I had seen before. But I wasn't really familiar, sh- sure with like what she had done. But she was beautiful. Um, her name was Adrian Adrian Paliki, and um, and so yeah, yeah. So she was in Friday Night Lights. She was, was in John Wick. Like okay. she was in a bunch of stuff. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, and I was like, wow, I really want to ask that girl out. But I was like, well, I can't. I can't just like walk up and be like in the autograph line and be like, hey, was that with me? She'd be like, no. <laughs> so I was like, so I have to like have a better intro. So I snuck, I snuck into, you know how hotels, like big convention centers, they have all the rooms and then there's like connected by like the back hallway for all the service staff to kind of get in everywhere. It's like your passage. I snuck back there. I found out where the VIP, where they kept all the badges for all the volunteers from another volunteer that I was like chatting up. And I snuck back there, snuck in the room, grabbed a VIP badge, went into the green room pretended that I was a Marvel artist. So I walked in there, they're all eating yeah. all the celebrities, including her, and I sat down and I made a big scene right away because I needed to establish like table dominance right away. Damn. So I like, so I ate, got my food and I sat down and I was like, Ooh. I was like, man, this tomato soup is changing my life. It's like a flavorgasm, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Like crazy, just over the top. And I was like, started chatting. I was like, who are you? Like, what are you here for? Like, oh man, it's so crazy, like blah, blah. I was just so big that I like, <laughs> Didn't leave room for people to be like, who's this guy? So then right. I um, so I chatting with her. And everyone is like walking back to their tables. They're like, I have to go back. And I, so I like, I'm still talking to her. So I scoot around. And I think we're kind of flirting. But like, also, she's a celebrity. So she could just be doing her like celeb thing where she's public facing, you know? Um, but then she was like, right. uh, I said something. She was like, ha ha. And she like hit my shoulder. And I was like, okay, I'm in. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm good. So, so then I immediately was like, exactly. So immediately I was like, okay, Hey, I, I, uh, I gotta go. I'm, I, I gotta get back to my booth, but I really didn't have a booth, but I knew that, you know, first rule of show business, you gotta leave them wanting more. So I was like, Hey, I gotta go. I'm really busy. 
And then I saw her later on, she turns the corner and I'm like, Hey, you want to get a drink? And she's like, well, I have a meeting with my agent and then my publicist, but maybe later. And I thought, Oh, it was a really nice way of saying no. Um, and then she's like, here's my number. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I put it on my phone and then I text him like, Hey, it's Scott. Now you have my number. So then, uh, she texts me like nine 30 at night. She's like, Hey, do you want to have a drink at the bar? I'm like, yes. I put my clothes back on. We're walking down. I see all my friends that I went to the convention with. They're trying to make eye contact with me and, right. um, trying to talk to me. And I just ignore them. Like, I don't even know who they are. Cause I was like, I can't risk this. this nobody's going to mess this up for me. Kept walking by. Right. That's understandable. Right. So then we're sitting at the bar. We're totally vibing. These cosplay girls come by and they're like, they start talking to me, but they're really hanging around because of her. But they're trying to act casual if they don't really even recognize her. You know how this is. You probably see this all the time out there when there are people oh, are like, yeah, trying to act 100%. cool because the celebrities around, but not direct, addressing them directly. Yeah. And so, uh, anyway, and so anyway, they kept saying, look at Jared Leto. So then she goes, they said, don't you think he looks like Jared Leto, which I don't see by the way. And then she was like, I, honestly, I think he's way better looking than Jared Leto. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I have to like get out of here right now. I have to like hang out with her somewhere <laughs> private. So I'm walking out. Right. So here's a Jacob in the Cloak tie-in. So then it was like a movie. I couldn't believe it. I'm walking out and I hear my name, Scott, Scott. And uh, I turn around. It's this other um, celebrity that was there as a guest. I had told about my book. And he was like tearing up in the line when I was like explaining the book to him. And he was like, man, I think this is a really important book. Like I want to help any way I can. Please let me know, blah, blah, this and that. So we made a connection. We shared information, whatever. It was that guy. He runs over to me. Yeah. And he goes, you're not leaving, are you? And I was like, no, no, no. And he goes, oh, man. He goes, good. I've been telling everybody about your book. It's going to help so many kids. It's going to be such a great book. Oh my and he God, turns to her and goes, did you know this guy wrote a children's book on trauma and emotional literacy for kids? And she looks at me. She's like, really? And I was like, I'm just kind of passionate about it. <laughs> And then she like, she like squeezed my hand and like gave me like a pump, a hand pump. And I was like, man, this is great right now. And he goes, so I'm going to see you tomorrow. Right? I was like, oh, yeah. so exactly. I was like, oh yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. And I like walked out and we ended up closing the night down this dueling pianos bar or whatever. And the next day he came, the, the guy came over, I was sitting there talking with her and he started boosting me even more. And it was like, oh my God. Yeah, it was like the most crazy, surreal, like unexpected date I ever went on. And we actually texted a few times after that, and then she stopped talk, talking to me. I think she probably just used me for one night, which I'm cool with. But I, yeah, I mean, you, uh, there's for your worse things. Support book. Yeah, there's worse things to be used for. Agree. Yeah. I mean, Agreed. but so, delays a good quote of delays is done worse for less. That's that's very that's very very true. And so we talked about bad dates. That was probably one of my better performances. That's a best date. That That's is, a best date yeah. scenario. And the fact that somebody pulled up and hyped you up is like absolutely phenomenal. We, and like, he's a writer. See, that just shows you're like a well-rounded person. Like the date fail on the chivalry yeah. coupled with like the pulling the actress and have like, pff, Scott, you're a well-rounded person. Look at this. Like ladies, if you're not gonna if you're not going to ask him on a date at this point, like, I don't know what you're doing. You're just playing games. Slip into his DMs before it's too late. All the actresses are going to scoop him up. And he's going to ignore you for guy, five years, though. Maybe that guy, he is ignoring yeah, you ignore for you. five years because but then family after that, and be wide open. But then he's free. Right. Family. He's waiting till his beard is gray. And then you probably need to just be a little bit younger. So, but if you have a sister or cousin that's going to be available, maybe plug their <laughs> socials to him. Because Come hang out on my future yacht that I'm going to have. 
Yeah, like, let's just be real. If you don't call it, like, Riders of the Storm or something, like, we can't be friends (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Straight the fuck up. But we also have to plug our socials. Uh, Soleil, what's your your social media handle? So, you guys, I am at FBG Soleil. Shocking. Shocking. It's been the same handle since I was 15. And, Grace, you are at... I'm at Gracie.Makura. I mean, I got really crazy with it as well. Um, toss that follow. Honestly, toss that follow. Stay up to date with, with what we're doing. Please toss a follow to at that Scott Taylor. Um, don't forget the that and the three T's. Um, if you want to add the extra two T's at the end too, but they're silent, don't add them while you're writing it. Um, I would definitely recommend checking out his social media. Scott, you are so amazing to have on this. Like, what a yeah. great first guest to have. We Dude, had so much fun. So we learned excited. so much about ourselves. I know. I'm so excited to keep this going. And, like, maybe we're just going to have to throw Scott in here as, like, a, a third host for our male perspective. I mean, because a male like, perspective on some episodes could be good. It could be very I, that's refreshing. That's what I'm saying. We say that all the time. We're like, we really do sometimes really need to bring it We're like looking around like, our rooms. Like, is there a guy around? Like, and there's just like a guy in, under my bed. Come out of the but, closet like, and tell the- us. You're like, oh, that's just that's my just vibrator. Like, yeah, that's facts. I actually, okay, quick vibrator that's story. Facts. Quick vibrator story and we'll send <laughs> off. So, How uh, else could we end? Yeah, as a Jewish Eastern European thick coarse dark hair and i have a laser like i have an at-home laser machine and i just keep it plugged in on my wall yes for my clit um i laser my clit no i like i mean i laser like i have a laser oh so i do like my armpits and everything that matters so yes my clit i laser my clit frequently Um, (laughs) but it's like i always just have it plugged in and like here i'll show it to you really quick so you can see the shape of it because <laughs> is this are we gonna get kicked off of apple and spotify oh my oh, god this is this is my like laser but it looks a lot like a self-stimulation vibrator. device uh yes. yes a vibrator if you will so this guy I, looks kind of like a it's kind of like a phaser from star trek a little bit back honestly. off i have a neck knife on my uh on my what's it called the headboard i keep a, a knife on my headboard and my laser on the floor but I had this guy friend I hang out with, and he's like, all right, I got to ask, like, what is what this is thing? <laughs> and this is like, we've been hanging out for a while, and this is like a, you know, a couple visits into him being like, you've never like, brought this thing up. Do you just leave up. your vibrator out and open like that? Because that's like, cool. Yeah, it's a trusting environment here. But you guys, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into our first interview. <laughs> We had to wrap it up with something like that. We had we? to wrap it up with that. We haven't talked about anal once. Like, Should we ask Scott? Scott, are you an anal guy? Talked about anal. Are you an anal guy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back around. I have dabbled. He's dabbled in the butt stuff. So, like we said, he's he is a well-rounded individual. You guys, we are so pleased to have had Scott on our podcast. So, Scott, thank you so much for being our first thank interviewee. You so much, Scott. Um, next week we are doing a bullshit and banter episode. So we're going to talk about Grace getting her ass eaten. We're going to talk about all sorts of great stuff. You guys, thanks that's like for. Baiting. That's like a highlight point. It's though. a highlight. Like, don't like. What, we're what, like baiting what, you. What time will this be going live? I just want to Monday. <laughs> so this Monday episode, morning. we drop all our episodes on Monday. This we're episode be live. will. Yes, we're doing a live ass eating conversation. We're going to um, do a live ass eating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Our only fans. <laughs> you guys, 
You Down to Ride only fans will be up and at em soon, guys. But honestly, thanks so much for riding with and us. And really, Stay really rest. quick. Get your fucking dildo. Stop pointing your fucking dildo at us. Really, really quick. Weekly challenge. Draw something. Right, yeah. Doodle something. Find some way to okay, be creative. Or actually, our weekly challenge is to look at Scott's Instagram. Yeah, but also be try to try to tap into your creative and side. like and like follow and comment yeah. and engage. Hundred percent facts. Okay, engage, like, follow, like, honestly, validate us through social media because we don't know how else to do it these days without it. So we need it. We need it, or we're gonna die. Okay, we so we're gonna leave it at that. Thank you so much for riding with us. Much love. God peace. Bless. Peace. Peace. You have to say peace, peace, God. Yeah, you have to. We end peace. every episode with peace. 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 Woo. All right. Great job, guys.